0: Metallica,
1: here they come, the kings of metal. Hey, what's up? I'm Adam
2: Dubin, director of a Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica. And you are listening to Metal Up Your Podcast.
3: Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast, I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 249, and guess what, my friend, Mr. Clint Wells, who is in lounge position. Lounged up. I'm about to get there myself. There we go. We're going to sit back, relax, and listen to the Howard Stern interview that happened yesterday.
4: Yeah, as of today, it has been a day since the Stern interview. I know a lot of people uh, haven't heard it. Now, listen, there's a SiriusXM. You can get it. I like SiriusXM. Uh, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, have been for most of my life. This is a bit of a two worlds colliding moment for me whenever the boys are on Howard Stern's show. Sure. Uh, So what we did is we took excerpts from the interview because we want our our listeners to hear it. We're going to respond to it. Now, I haven't heard much of this interview. Yeah, same. They performed with Miley Cyrus and they also performed "Sabbath True. You'll have to get a subscription to hear the performances. We're going to hear a little bit of the Miley Cyrus one and just some of the interesting excerpts from the interview about the Black Album, The Black List. We're going to have a good time. Welcome to the show, by the way. We are an all Metallica podcast. There's so much going on in the Metallica world. Yes, it's overwhelming. It's a it's a bit much. I mean, I can't think of an active band that is promoting as much as they are right now.
3: Just with the Black Album stuff alone is overwhelming. Yeah. Not to mention they've got shows coming up. You know, I right. mean,
4: uh, it's a big year for the band. Let's just talk about some of the things going on. First of all, it's Metallica T-shirt Day. It is. You and I are celebrating. You were wearing a Damage Justice shirt. Damaging shirt yes damage ink shirt it says damage justice on the back it's two worlds collide i'm wearing the flaming skull shirts we're representing we're straddling two arrows of the band we're celebrating the holiday we're celebrating the new holiday and this is new right or has this been going on forever yeah, no it's, it's it's been done before but i mean <laughs> listen i celebrate it <laughs> it's been done before it's been done before are the metal police in nashville today are they out and about or are they i didn't see any on the way over to hq2 okay but, uh, thank god but well I, i'm also pretty good outrunning the law So it's Metallica T-Shirt Day. It's also the day that the Blacklist album has been released. Yes. Uh, One album, 12 songs, 100,000 artists. 100,000 artists. It's also the day that the actual remastered Black album is released. So if you're just a dude out there that's like, look, I don't need the box set, which by the way, the box set is here in HQ2. It's awesome. If you just want the album, it's available today. Yeah, pretty cool. A lot of people are getting their box sets in the mail. It's an exciting week. We've got two of them. One's for me. Once for the show that we will be giving away to a patron. And uh, what else is going on? Anything else going on? We got Louder Than Life coming up in a couple weeks. Louder Than Life's coming up. Let's do a really quick housekeeping on that. We yeah. have a venue now for the official Metal Up Your Podcast night between party on September 25th. Right. Do you know the name of the venue? It's called Mag Bar. Mag Bar. Mag Bar. And uh, it's a, I've been there before.
3: It's an awesome bar. And I believe I've heard that about 60 to 70 people RSVP'd. It sounds like the entire front bar is going to be not necessarily private, but that's where everyone's going to be hanging. There's a venue there, too, and there's a show happening that night. So it's going to be a busy night at the Mag Bar. So get there kind of early. Okay. Official time is 8 to midnight. 8 um, to midnight. September 25th.
4: Uh, you don't have to be a Metal podcast person to go. It's not a clicky thing. It's nothing like that. It's just, uh, It's a party that we are throwing. Um, from a distance from, from a distance, distance there are some buddies of ours that are really doing a lot of the heavy lifting they are yeah thank you for that by uh namarta anthony angelo um who is are those the three i know edgar's helping with edgar's some helping stuff.
3: yeah there's a lot of people kind of chipping in and,
4: but here's what it is is it's a place to go and hang out with other uh like-minded nerds like yourselves mm-hmm. and you bet your ass that if we weren't on the road with morgan we would be there a hundred percent um and i know that we're we're getting black and whiskey involved and mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm sending stuff to, uh, to them, I think, early next week for giveaways. Awesome. So there's the housekeeping on that. What oh, else do we real have? Real quick, I'm yep. sorry. <clears throat>
3: just to note, just in case anyone with youngsters is planning on stopping by, it is 21 and up. Okay. Just so everyone knows. That's it. So you can't bring your kiddos he can
4: but it may not end well they'll have to wait outside in the car they can sit in the car while you go inside and get hammered yes <laughs> it really is going to be fun <laughs> yeah. if you're going to go to louder than life you should really make a plan to to hit that party on yeah. on saturday evening yeah for sure and now that nine inch nails backed out guess the band the band that they got to replace nine Inch Nails, which i'm not throwing shade but right they that? got disturbed Distur- oh uh, uh, uh. you know that's an easy choice for me yeah, that would be a very easy choice.
3: And a lot of you might be Disturbed fans, and that's totally fine. I'm not a dis- Disturbed fan, so if I was planning on going that night, I might I might rather go to the Metal Gear podcast
4: Podcast. Now, another thing that happened in the news, and we're going to dip into it a little bit here, is, you know, this is how you know that they're really ramping up the PR machine. Mm-hmm. Jason Newstead, I feel like, has been doing a lot of press. Yeah, but we, we saw him in the unboxing video. Yeah. He was on another
3: podcast. He's on these other podcasts and shit? Yeah, Stefan uh, uh, interviewed him.
4: Now, what we did is, and by we, I mean Ethan... As we come through the Jason interview with Stefan Shirazi, and we picked out the most notable parts. We're going to listen to it now, and uh, we're going to respond to it in real time. Real time. So here we go. Let's listen to some uh, Jason interview with uh, So What. Master!
5: Master! Talk about those early days being in this, like, you know, bizarre goldfish bowl, if you will, of one-on-one, mm-hmm. and, and and your relation to the posturing and those, you know, the early, the early tensions building, how you dealt with those.
6: I was still um, figuring out my role in the band. And I think we've talked about that a couple of times before in our in our time, um, how important the roles in the band were for it to all go around. You know, the four faces, the four images that represent Metallic, and then all the people underneath it, the support system, what my role was in all of that integration. Like, you know, where do I fit as the new guy in this? You still, no matter what, you're always going to be earning your way. No matter what, dude, the, the shoes will never be filled, bro. You just got to be yourself, play the best you can be on point, be aware, be available when they call you out, pay attention to what Bob is saying, you know, this kind of stuff. So I just, as usual, even, even though those earliest years have changed as time went by, I became more outspoken. But in that time, it was so, I knew how important it was to, to make a good record and be there. But I also really wanted to be heard on this one. Okay. I really, So what do I need to do as this guy in the position I've been given, right? I've been a millionaire for four or five years by then. Like, holy, you know what the fuck, dude? I'm coming in and I got my basis, I got my shit, I got my thing, I've proved myself there and there and there. Now, what can I do to make sure I don't get dissed in the mix and the other thing, pay attention. They brought this guy in for a reason. They gave him a bunch of money for a reason. James and Lars are actually listening to what he says and hearing the end of his sentences. This means something. This means something. So pay attention, pay attention and just be back here, bro. Be back here and be ready to turn it up when they want you to turn it up. That's it. That's where I came from, man. That's where I was finding out my role in the
5: band. There was suffering on the justice album. Do you think that, uh, you know, the residual, were there any residual effects that came from that suffering as the black album was coming, you know, to be written and coming together? Um, do you think that it was almost like you went through an audition and you passed? I mean, was there more recognition from everyone else when it came to your sound and involvement Hmm. as those black album sessions were starting to, to, to come together? Did it feel different? Did you feel you'd passed Hmm. an apprenticeship?
6: It definitely felt different. Um, think you know the trial by fire is well documented and we really have to remember that there was so much more joy and excitement and feeling of accomplishment and you know i'm so eager to please and willing to be a part of everything that i possibly can and give my all to it and all you know those things so uh they saw that i think that was quite apparent from very early on that i was willing to go through whatever it took whether it was from or whoever or whatever you know, I was willing to play my part in their outfit to help them make it happen from that time. So that part definitely felt different. I had proved myself on the road, you know, would get super sick and still go play anyway. You know, this thing you have to do, the things you got to do to prove yourself in that kind of a club. And I did. And so going into that, um, I felt better. I felt more confident. I was way feeling way better about the positioning of my bass in the orchestra. You know, that type of thing. And I was ready for Bob to show me how, what it really took. I was ready for it. And he was right there to tell me it. And I hadn't had hit that point as my um, comprehension of bass. You know, I never let my chops go. I always kept playing. I always practiced. I always tried. You know, never wanted to be off. When those guys a- asked me to play something, man, I'm right there, man. I, we're not messing around. No questions. Just fuck yeah, I got it. Master! master cool
3: to hear his perspective and that yeah. kind of stuff i mean some of that stuff maybe we knew but uh yeah even even hearing him talk about how james and lars let bob finish sentences it's like they re- relinquished their you know control or a little bit of grip on the whole project because it's like hey we're bringing in this producer for a reason mm-hmm. So you can't do what you did to fleming right you know and
4: it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's funny. You and I were just talking. Uh, we had a. I had a lovely birthday week, by the way.
3: Yeah. Happy birthday, of course. Yesterday, as we were recording this, was Clint's birthday. I,
4: I wanted to say thank you to everyone who sent a nice message. I felt very loved. Um, I felt very rich in friendship. It was a really. It's been a great week. But we. The week. Uh, the day before my birthday, we had a session together at Paul's. Right. And at lunch, we were actually talking about the Black Album and talking about Metallica, as we do. As we do. Even yes. when the when the mics aren't on, <laughs> and uh. Yeah, we're, I was asking Paul, I was like, what do you think Fleming actually did, you know, before? Because the records always say produced by Fleming, Resuby, and Metallica. Right. Or Hetfield Ulrich. And he was like, I think he really did just engineer it.
3: I mean, yeah, probably so. I mean, listen, to, like, you know, the Puppets box, when that came out or whatever, you, you listen to some of those early demos or riff tapes or whatever, and, like, there's a lot of stuff that really didn't get changed that much. I think a lot of it, too. I mean, I'm sure he did some producing, um, Fleming, of course, but Bob was in there to, like, i mean like take the reins Mm -hmm. of this thing you know it wasn't like hey i'm here just to hit record and make a suggestion here and there i mean bob is the reason we have that completely classic and now unforgettable unforgiven solo you know situations like that is why you bring a bob rock in
4: yeah interesting all right well good year from jason i'm glad he's been speaking out more and we'll have him on the show here soon enough for sure
3: yeah hopefully next week
4: (laughs) <laughs> um, let's knock out some of this other housekeeping real quick. We have the iTunes. You can leave us a positive review. We've got a Patreon. bunch of people hopping on the Patreon train because we are giving away a deluxe Black Album box set it to is a in patron. in the room we are sitting in right now. How do you win it? You just become a patron. What happens is I have a Skull Voss that's been with us since yeah. the very beginning. Uh, it's actually in it's our somewhere. kitchen now. It's in the bedroom. And uh, we put all the names of the patrons. We, of course, take the names out of people who've won previous box sets or previous tickets. We take right. previous winners out. Which is only fair.
3: That's fair. Yeah,
4: and then we just do a classic name drawing. Oh, it's it's very uh, OG for sure. It's very OG. Yeah, just the way our ancestors did it exactly
3: seven hundred thousand years ago. They did. They had a skull vase as well. It's probably made out of
4: stone. But so let's say thanks to our new patrons: Ben Ignatius, Jamila, uh, Bruno, Ivan Acosta, Alan Ashcroft, James Ray, and Luis Lima. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And just like that, they're going to be uh, in the running to win the box set. You have now been entered in the drawing. I wonder if it feels, I wonder how it feels. I myself don't know how it feels. I haven't been entered into any drawings. I mean, I've been
3: involved in a contest or two. Right. But it wasn't as simple as just signing up for Patreon.
4: I mean, I've dabbled in the occasional raffle. Sure, Yeah. We, we have i mean we, we ho- we've hosted raffles we've hosted our very own raffles and god knows we've given away many 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 things on this podcast multiple boxes vinyl and tickets and uh but no drawings for me
3: no that's cool i'm listen. So I'm, I'm fine to be on, on the other end of it I'm, I'm proud to be on team santa claus you know and just give out these things
4: we're on team metallica claus
3: team metallica claus man
4: let's see okay so the twitter we're on all the socials twitter instagram facebook spotify amazon youtube blah 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 and on instagram there is an unboxing video that my wife and i did i love Black it. album box set which is pretty fun i
3: texted clint like five minutes into watching it and i said i love that your wife was involved in it as a non-metallica fan it was really it was, it, it was really charming to watch the two of you like do you ask her questions about certain things in yeah. the box set and, and with her not being a metallica fan right to see her her reactions I, I got a kick out of it man
4: she knows who lars is because she likes the movie get him to the greek right um and she knows I understand man yeah she and she knows nothing else about, you know she knows the ones you would imagine right but it was fun i was excited about the box set showing up you know usually i'm working in my studio from home that day we were at paul's all day so i was anxious about yeah them sitting outside text her like 15 so i times. kept texting her i'm like are they there yet are they there yet so when i got home i thought she might say no but i was like hey you want to do an unboxing video with me immediately she was like yep
3: that's awesome just because it's fun she, she was digitally waving to people yeah she was
4: uh she was doing her van white I we do uh, it. we do ig lives occasionally and i find that the people like her vibe because it's it's a different flavor listen man people might be a little tired of hearing my salty ass all the time <laughs> pontificating my views all the time it's nice that my wife is a nice balancing uh much like you nice balancing presence yeah, for a balancing me. aura if you will and I will, and I do. All right, a few more things. So we talked about the Night Between Party, RSVP for that. Lord of the Vampires, my new Lunar Satan single, is now out in the world wherever you get your good shit. That's came where you out can yesterday. find it. came out yesterday on my birthday. Golden West is available for pre-order. Available for pre-order, pre-save coming October 1st. And October 1st, you also be able
3: to pre-order the vinyl if you did not get it through Kickstarter.
4: And I've listened to the cassette tape you made for me this morning. Awesome. And it's super fun. Cool. I hope you actually put it on real cassette. I think I'm going to, yeah.
3: I'm just waiting to get uh, everything, all uh, the Kickstarter budget, everything paid, and then I'll see what I got left over. Yep, I, I have, I have a, a pretty rough idea of what I've left over, so I should be able to do it. Legit cassettes.
4: <laughs> Lastly, before we dip into a couple of emails, we are doing a Metal Tales every week until the end of the year, and uh, we're going to keep doing Metal Tales after that. I don't know if we'll do it every week after December, but the way that you become a part of that is you just sign up on Patreon. Yeah. Once you become a patron, there's basically a... Way to leave messages over there. We we interact with our patrons every week over there. And uh, it's basically just a list, and you get on the list, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, easy. Um, the easiest way to get a hold of us is our email address, which is metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. Don't we, forget the show. Don't forget the show, because if you don't put the show in, it's not coming to then us. Then it's just going to give us a meme, and he doesn't responded. It anymore, goes so. it goes into a metal portal where it plops down, it, it and it transmutes into an actual letter. Yeah. And it just plops down in Samim's house wherever he is out in Turkey and uh, yeah. never to be heard from again. Yeah, so, so make, make, sure want, the sh- make sure the show's in there. You don't want that. Metal Up Your Podcast show at gmo.com. Let's dip in and hear from a couple of uh, listeners. I'm ready.
3: All right, our first emails from Lou D'Elia happy birthday clint hey thank you for all you do for us in the middle of your podcast community have a
4: great day lou from new jersey new jersey well thank you lou i had a great day um i spent it with my family and i spent it doing nothing except milling about my house which is unusual for me yeah i usually am doing multiple projects at the same time i milled about like an old man love it and restructured some vinyl awesome in studio in my b-rig which is in the studio where we are I keep about 60 to 75 pieces around mm-hmm. that I, they're just sort of the pieces I'm listening to and excited about. I'm looking at it right now. I completely chose a whole new set of vinyl to keep in here. Awesome. So that meant, and then I have two little stations in my living room. I have my big shelf that has like 600 records, but I have the shelf right below the record player that also has about a hundred records that yeah. are easy to pull out for the family.
3: It's a good method to have. If you got a B-rig, like, yeah. like what I do in my studio is, is everything below uh, or on my record shelf in there. Um, is what I call new arrivals. Mm -hmm. So if I've got it in the last like two or three months, that hangs in there for a while, and then I'll rotate those out, of course.
4: Yeah, and I like to keep the ones in there that are easy to grab. That like records that like Kings of Leon records that she likes, Mm -hmm. Postal Service records for her. Sure, I like to keep on like dinner records, which are just easy records to listen to. Miles Davis, Kind of Blue, Let It Burns in that pot in that pile. So I restructured that shelf, like the kind of living room dinner shelf, Mm -hmm. and I restructured my new my, that basically my new arrivals shelf yeah that's awesome and then everything that kind of is done for a minute goes into the big collection yeah and you know it's good to rotate man it's just a great opportunity to and while i'm doing it i'm listening to shit yeah i'm, I'm throwing shit on the turntable listening to the uh, uh phantom of the paradise soundtrack i got the dave matthews band live from red rocks vinyl awesome which is beautiful five piece vinyl set i saw that One of my on favorite your, records when i was a kid on instagram nice uh, my wife made me some of my favorite meals and uh for for dinner she made me a like gourmet spaghetti sandwich
3: spaghetti sandwich
4: yeah like awesome. this big ass like amazing garlic bread and then she cooked the bolognese sauce oh, literally all day that sounds so good the bolognese sauce was cooking just all day a carbohydrate sandwich it was pretty high in cows it's your birthday though we might have gained some lbs yesterday
3: so okay i, I want to <laughs> point this out i was texting clint last night it's kind of about his birthday mm-hmm. and uh and i was just you know whatever just small talk honey sure uh it, it was, i think it was about 7 10 7 15 p.m and clint said we're about to get in bed and watch a movie yeah and i was like dude it's your birthday you do what the fuck you want yeah
4: i love it yeah sometimes you just wrap it up eat quick you know you wrap wrap yeah. up the evening kind of quick and uh we like to snuggle my family's a bunch of snugglers love it so we snuggled up man that's what we do you've that's how to. we do it you've got to man anyway thank you uh lou and again thank you to everyone who sent A message on the socials or, you know, a lot of Metal Podcast family members actually have my number and sent me a lot of sweet texts. Cool. So thank you to all of you people. Our next email is from Alan Ashcroft, He's a new patron. This is a little long, but I love this email. All right. Uh, I'll let you start off the thing. No problem. What's up, brothers? (laughs) He says, I hope life finds you well and that you're keeping safe. Fingers crossed that the Morgan Wade tour is going well for you both. So glad you've been able to get back to what you do after such a difficult year and a half. I really appreciate that, dude. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, He says, I wanted to say a massive thank you to you both and Paul. I found your podcast around a year or so ago, and you've kept me entertained at home and on so many long car journeys to work ever since. Still trying to catch up on all the episodes, but I'm slowly working my way through them. You have very similar thoughts to me on a lot of Metallica topics, as well as the tangents you so eloquently go off on. So it feels like I'm hanging out with some old friends, which is brilliant. When I read brilliant right there, I knew he was a British dude. It was absolutely brilliant. Exactly. Exactly. He says, you've created such an inclusive, welcoming, and friendly community that you should be really proud of. And I am, by the way, very proud of yes. the work we've done Of over course, here. yeah. The fact that you're also professional musicians and able to explain some of the mysteries and give us insight into the biz. Nice, a brief. It's no big deal. Uh, and stuff is an added bonus. The work that you put in the podcast really shows all the additional things you've done, such as the covers, Lunar Satan, are all insanely good. Awesome. Thank you. He says, I've been a Metallica fan since the early 90s. Loved everything they put out right up to Saint Anger. And then it all fell apart for a bit, to be honest. I was disappointed in the album, although I didn't realize all the uh, furor around the making of it until later, as I kind of got off the ride for a bit, first marriage and stuff. I didn't completely drop out, though, as I bought Death Magnetic on release, but was so disappointed in the production, I couldn't really enjoy the part return to form. He says, geez, it was such a, a tiring listen that I was too much, it was too much of a chore to put on, talking about the digital clipping aspects, the loudness wars wars of Death Magnetic, which I understand that. He says, luckily I still kept one eye on what they were doing, but thought that was going to be it other than nostalgia. Fast forward to 2016, the release of the hardwired single. And that was what got me back on the train. He says, you guys have certainly got the fire burning even hotter again, but what an album that was. I'm firmly in the first seven studio records of the best camp plus garage Inc. But while this far into their career, and they write some stone-cold classics again. Unbelievable. They truly are one of the greatest bands of all time, not just metal or hard rock either, plus a certain Mr. Hetfeld is easily one of the great front men. I have quite an eclectic taste, but rock and metal are my first loves, and Metallica are my favorite band of all of them, hence why I love y'all podcast, I guess. That's Clarice. brilliant. <laughs> I went into like a... You taste it tasted like fava beans.
3: Fava beans, <laughs> fava beans, and a spaghetti sandwich.
4: I ate his face with a nice Chianti. Okay, uh, keep up the. <laughs> I was just trying to think of more "Silence of the Lambs" quotes because how funny would it be to do "Mustaine"? Oh my God! Quid pro quo, Clarice. <laughs> Can you hear them, Clarice? The sound of the lambs. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. It does what it's told.
3: (laughs) It really needs to be just a whole segment of Dave Mustaine quoting popular movies. It tasted like farmer beans. Okay.
7: (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Clarice. Oh, Jesus. Okay.
4: Okay. Anyway. Okay. Keep up the amazing work. I love the ride you take us on and on, uh, and to top it off, your impressions make me laugh so well, there much. There you go. The large cast of characters you've added over the years is genius, with Dave, the butthead, and Torben being my favorites, although they all make me chuckle. He says, I've nearly wet myself with the Dave Reads Back to the Future script so many times. And then he says, You want a Pepsi, pal? You got to pay for it. <laughs> I've had so many laughing fits and church giggles while driving. I'm sure that many times my fellow drivers must have thought I was having a seizure. Or was clearly a drug addled lunatic randomly laughing on my own in the car next to them. Which, by the way, you can have all those things. All those things, yes. Of you course. can be a drug addled lunatic driving on the freeway and still be laughing at Dave Mustaine impressions. Yeah. Even, it doesn't mean that you're yeah. not a drug addled lunatic. <laughs> you don't want a tab, pal? You, you <laughs> got a tab? You can't even give you a tab unless you order something. Pepsi free.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you're my density, you're my destiny. I just wanted to say that after many months enjoying your output, I was finally in a position to become a patron, and I'm more than pleased to do so after all the enjoyment you've given me this last year. So keep up the good work. The quality of the episodes has only improved over time rather than diminished, which is a testament to all the hard work you both put in. I look forward to hearing whatever you have planned next. Stay safe, keep well. If you ever make it over to the UK, New Jersey, then beers are on me. And more than that, if you ever need a place to hang, there's always a spare room for you here too. It would be the least I could do for all the entertainment you've given me. Look after yourselves. Peace and adios. Kind regards. Alan Ashcroft from Ibstock, Le- Le- Lectershire, England, New Jersey. And he dis- uh, he says he deliberately misspelled New, New Jersey. He's like, New Jersey, honey, please. Honey, please. Well, it sounds like we have a trip in our future to go stay at Alan's house. He has a room for us. We will Hello, only, we'll <laughs> only
3: need the one bed. <laughs> Just give us lotion and baskets.
4: Oh, he says, P.S. My, my Black Album Deluxe arrives tomorrow. I'm so stoked. That's I know, awesome. dude. Everyone has been really excited. It's been fun seeing people post about it and yeah man it absolutely has you know the black album for me isn't i mean i love the black album it's probably the top five greatest metal albums of all time agreed yeah but it's not it's not the one for me that like i'm most excited about right you know which would be the load or reload or like justice sure lightning but um i'm i'm feeling the contagious vibe about it and i gotta say and i think and i think you can see it in my unboxing video with my wife even just going through it, you do get this charge. There it, is a charge through you. It, okay, when I showed up to HQ2 here a little bit ago, Clint was
3: finalizing some edits over here on the interview, and I started going through the box set myself, and I just got excited. I'm like, oh,
4: I should, should have ordered one of these, of course, but I did not. And it's cool to have Moscow on. on. Yeah, vinyl. that's pretty rad. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? All right. And Oh, and by the way, I didn't have we not mention this. We're going to be doing deep dive episodes into the contents of the box set. There's yeah, for sure. the Ross Half Home videos, the outtakes from a year and a half in the life, the uh you know the live dvd live stuff the yeah riff tapes uh, writing in progress
3: an epi- oh, just a, a whole episode just on the rip
4: magazine <laughs> the <8 laughs> album covers yeah, totally. <laughs> magazine covers um all right thanks alan next email thanks alan next email, thanks,
3: alan. Next email is from brian knox he says hey guys quick question keeping it short and sweet are you guys planning to do a new run of paul shirts anytime soon thanks brian O'Knox. i
4: mean we can uh, listen if we the de- can do anything the- we want if the
3: demand is there yeah dad you don't tell me what to do <laughs> Listen, Dad. If we want to make Paul shirts again, we will tonight. Tonight, uh, if they listen, if the demand is there, we can definitely do something. Maybe even just through Everpress or whatever. But um, we can do another run of Paul shirts. I mean, they were they were popular. They were popular. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh boy!
3: Wow! Wow! Keeping it punley this morning. That was repulsive. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Get a good load at this guy's life preserver. <laughs> Dork thinks he's going to drown. <laughs> save the clock tower all right um yeah we'll do another run of paul shirts i mean to this day one of my greatest moments of my whole life ethan my whole life not just the podcast it was the best was standing with paul moak at a metallica concert and looking above his shoulder and seeing a guy in the seats wearing a fucking paul shirt it's amazing (laughs) i mean that is an amazing thing that happened
3: i mean the, the the stars are known to align from time to time right
4: and they definitely did that night. They did that night, that's yeah. for sure. Thank you, Brian. We'll, we'll Let's just do a run of Paul shirts, see what happens. Fuck it. Uh, Adam Wilson writes in, Hi, guys. I've been a fan of the show for a while. Love what you guys do. My journey with Metallica started when I was nine years old, which was when the Black Album came out. Um, we're probably pretty similar age then, because I was eight when the Black Album came out.
3: I was uh, 50.
4: <laughs> uh, he says, My two older brothers were fans of Metallica before me, and I would briefly hear stuff from Puppets and Justice, but being so young, I don't think I really zoned in on it like I did when my brother played the entire Black album. He says, I was hooked at that point. The riffs, the solos, the quality of the whole production just struck a nerve so much so that it sparked a want to learn to play guitar. I think that happened for many a young, a young kiddo Agreed. listening to Metallica albums. Oh, yeah. He says, luckily my mom had an acoustic and my oldest brother had a Fender Strat and they had no issues with me playing on them. The pivotal moment was when I bought a guitar World Magazine that had the tab for the song One and my brother taught me how to read tabs. The moment I played the first four notes of one and it sounded just like it did from Justice gave me the goosebumps that set me on my course to learn and get better. In the meantime, I went back and bought every album on CD and bought the tab books for Kill 'Em All, Lightning, Puppets, and Justice. Dude, there is nothing like... It's so funny that he tells that story. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Learning to read tabs is like getting a key to a door. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And when you are able to open a door... Because before you can read tabs, you don't know how to go boom, bing, boom, bing. Someone has to show you. Boom, bing, boom, bing. Like, Someone has to literally show you where to yeah. put your fingers. Yeah. When you understand tab, which is really easy to learn, by the way. It is easy. It's not yeah. as hard as reading actual music. Yeah. It's just a number system. The numbers correlate to the strings and frets on a guitar. When you can go two, four, two, open. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Oh my God, it sounds and like a record. And now you have to have put in the time to have the like the dexterity to to fret notes yes of course but i could do that before i learned tab you know yeah, I, I, I i'd mastered playing court like but I, people had to show me stuff when you can just look at a tab and then you can play it and it sounds like it and then you can buy a whole tab it's and mind-blowing then, and dude. then like i remember i couldn't afford it tab, tab books were 20 bucks yeah so for me every two or three months my mom would give me a 20 dollar bill we'd go to the mall 20 dollars for me at that time meant one cd yeah tab books which were also sold at the cds at oh, Sam yeah. goody oh yeah and I, I remember I remember, just trying to s- store as much information in my head from looking at the tab book while I was at the mall, because I couldn't buy the book. <laughs> so I would look at like Inner Salmon and be like, zero, seven, six, what, you know, like I was like trying oh, yeah. to like, oh yeah, photo, like, you know, um, we're trying to look at this photo. Ex- hey, don't, I'll start crying if you don't I know, look I know, out. I'm sorry. I'm very I'm sorry. sensitive I'm about it, f- especially, look, I just had a birthday. I'm sorry, dude. I'm getting older. That song is about getting older yeah, I didn't mean and letting to. go of the past. So, I'm sorry, please
3: forgive me. You know
4: what he does. Um. Anyway, my point being, when you finally could get a tab book and you could play every song in the Black Album, and oh just have God. the time to sit down. Talk about just opening a magic door mm-hmm. into a possible future.
3: Yeah, dude. The first, the, the first one for me that the 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 first key that I got was when I got the Master Puppet's tab book, which I still have, mm-hmm. and when I could play the intro to Sanitarium right because because they're kind of easy to play but they sound so great and i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this and then once i got better at like palm muting and maybe like downstroke picking and i learned the just the intro to master puppets i i played just that yeah for hours one day
4: he says i've stuck with it for the past two decades and now i've done multiple covers of songs from metallic and other bands and even led to an opportunity to write record and provide a song for the 2019 film the murder of nicole brown simpson wow I have so many childhood memories um, of watching the VHS tapes and listening to the CDs of Live Ship Benjamin and Purge and introducing friends to Metallica. That's interesting too. i know this is kind of turning the tangents world, but like my my biggest memory of before load and reload, Metallica fandom, was is mostly Benjamin Purge. Yeah. Like I would watch that and listen to Mexico City before I would like put on Kill Em All. Mm-hmm. The Seek and Destroys from those, the Four Horsemen's from those. Right. That was like all all I needed, I guess. Sure. That, the whiplashes from those. I get that, yeah. Those are what's in my head. Like The whiplash from Seattle 89 when they start that circle pit. That was the first time I'd ever seen that. Yeah,
3: and it's insane. I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is happening
4: right now? He was just running around like crazy. He says, Then came the saddest day of my late teen years when someone stole my entire Metallica collection, so now I only have the hardwired three to set And I got the Injustice for All Deluxe box set and listened to the others via Spotify. One day I will go and get all the albums again. Well, that's a bummer. I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Since finding the podcast, you guys have discussed all things that I love about the band and inject tons of great humor and make it insanely entertaining. I'm very picky about the podcast I listen to. And as far as Metallica podcasts, you guys are number one. You guys treat your fans really well and offer not only a great show, but contests and deep breakdowns of all things Metallica. I'm sure there are a lot of fans of the show that are musicians. and It'd be cool if fans submitted covers and originals and you guys comment on them. Just a thought. I'll post a link to my playlist of originals and covers if you guys want to check them out. Keep up the great work. Look forward to every new episode, and probably... Oh, this is Rome Guy. Give the voice. Probably wherever I may roam, just the fact that it's about, you know, even after you die, you can hopefully go on, you know. He says, <laughs> long live forever. I may roam guy. Cheers from Canada. Adam Wilson. Thanks, Adam. Old Rome Guy. Old Rome Guy. You know, Dave Ferraro had joked about potentially maybe hiring a private detective to try to find that guy. <laughs> <Can> you imagine? <laughs> he's just living his life somewhere
3: happily. He has no idea. going to drag him into this world He has again. no idea that he's famous on a podcast and has his own merch. <laughs> he has his <laughs> own like, merch. He's probably on in the panhandle of Florida somewhere just living life to
4: its fullest. I like that he's in Florida. I hope one day... You know, I made it down to Florida. <laughs> I roamed on down. I, I figured I'd die here. I, I figured the weather was nicer than up here in Jersey. And I roamed, and it's kind of like when you want to lay on a beach of sand.
3: <laughs> I hope one day he's laying on the beach, just l- living his life, and into his, his eye frame walks someone in a, a Rome guy shirt. Oh. Can you imagine him just it, it, like.
4: It's kind of like when you see yourself on a shit.
3: But I can see him playing it cooling up here, like, it kind of looks like. That's right, that's Dave. <laughs> It's kind of like when you see yourself on a shirt.
4: I just let him walk by. It's probably not me. That couldn't be me. I'm just here in Florida, enjoying roaming and re- and you going on and down to beach and taking a long walk. How you go, it's kind of like how you go on.
3: Could you imagine though? Just like him walking down the street and being like, what the fuck? That's me from like 30 <laughs> years ago. And <laughs> saying Excuse me, sir, where did you
4: get that t-shirt? But actually, dude, the plot thickens because when he he you're right, he has an internal dialogue where he's like, That can't be me. But then he it's so weird yeah. that he finally does say he confronts the guy and says, Excuse me, where'd you get that shirt? Here's the twist. The shirt, the guy wearing the shirt, is the private detective, and he oh. wore the shirt to try to elicit a like response. Bait. Yeah, basically baiting Rome guy. Yeah, and Pitting then he goes on the trap, and he goes, "I was just making sure it really was you." Hi, and then he flashes like a little badge, and he goes, "Yeah, see, I've been looking all over the panel. I've been going everywhere you see. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, well, I heard you're Rome, but I didn't know you're Rome this far. See." <laughs> <laughs> I spent the first several years Looking up in New England See Because that's where we thought You were from
3: Well listen you see You, 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 can, do, you can come with me downtown And what we're going to do see gonna <laughs> We're going to have a few look, words You can explain to them downtown Where you're going to go on when Well you yeah die.
4: see We can do the easy way of The highway see The I easy think... way is you come with me downtown i got and, a few questions I've
3: mean, got a few questions for you Downtown And by downtown I mean HQ1 Nashville, Tennessee Now we knew you
4: roamed See yeah we uh, Tall tales of you roaming I didn't know you'd roam this far See But we finally found you see <laughs> Alright Thank oh, you Oh my word Thank you Adam And uh, we got one more email
3: Cool Three hours later <laughs> um so, so boss says howdy clinton ethan well howdy, how, howdy partner
4: howdy um howdy partner <laughs> after your episode with i'm tumbleweed <laughs> <I'm> david <laughs> <laughs> after
3: your episode with avi i started listening to goodnight texas and i really dig them now um <laughs> their take on a wolf and man is is uh, is pretty cool and interesting hmm. have you ever tried getting your friends or family interested in metallica um, I'm I, I'm kind of slowly getting my older brother into the band. He mostly likes the hits, and after he saw James's episode on Joe Rogan, uh, he thinks he's pretty cool. Probably the bees. It was the bees. The bees. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, says he can't <laughs> believe how down to earth our boy James is, despite being from the biggest band in the world. Hope you. Uh, hope both y'all are happy, healthy, and kicking ass. P.S. Lunar Satan is bitching. Thank you. Uh, love your buddy from
4: New Jersey, Pakistan. Wow, there's a New Jersey. Pakistan's even in Jer- New Jersey. Oh yeah, yeah. There absolutely is. Yeah.
3: It's um, pretty it, cool. Let's just pause for a moment and just—I'm constantly blown away when we get emails like that from mm-hmm. so far away. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like you know, you might expect England or something like that. You know, or maybe massive cities like a Sydney, Australia, or something. But like Pakistan. Yeah, that's so cool. It's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, so so, Wall. I hope I'm saying that right.
4: Yeah, I—I I mean, yeah, I've tried to get people into Metallica um, with varying degrees of success. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like anything else. It's a you have to be ready to receive it. You have to. It's kind of like when <laughs> And most people are.
3: Yeah. Most I mean, people they're an incredibly popular band. I mean, the amount of people that because of our podcast that have maybe dipped in friends, like Jeff Fireball, for instance, he mm-hmm. he was he was a part of True Anon. Yeah. You know,
4: and now he's recovering. But he already liked the band, but it's harder he when did. it's someone who like likes uh you know, imagine a lot of these Miley Cyrus fans that are, huge, maybe they grew up with Hannah Montana. Yeah. And maybe they're even willing to go with her into her, they, they went with her into her naked on a wrecking ball mm-hmm. crap. Sure. Uh, Great song. And then now they're, you know, she's doing some more hard rock stuff. They may not even really be that their palettes suited to metallica necessarily yeah i remember when i uh i wouldn't say i necessarily got my dad into metallica but i got
3: my dad to appreciate it and i probably shared this many moons ago i already know the b bender on my friend of misery that was one mm-hmm. another another one where he i think appreciated their old school stuff mm-hmm. was when i when i showed him an apocalyptica album oh
4: yeah and it was just four cellos playing that stuff and he was like wow i didn't realize like what beauty there was he was able to hear how kind of deep it is exactly there's there's actually a really cool part of the interview which we're about to listen to the stern interview where elton john weighs in on nothing else matters and elton john actually refers to nothing else matters as one of the greatest songs ever written i'm not going to argue with sir elton john well first of all don't argue with that guy but second of all he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time yeah now bernie toppin wrote all of his lyrics but the the songwriting team that's just just—they're to me they're another like linda mccartney but that's just poetry on a page until you, yeah. you know, what we, when we think about Elton John, we don't think about lyrics. We think about those melodies and moments and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, no one knows what Benny and the Jets is about. I don't care. And who cares? Yeah. Rocket man, uh, some astronaut who's out in space. How about this line from rocket man? All the science. I don't understand. It's just my jo- job five days a week. I'm like, dude, you're an astronaut in space and you don't understand the science. You don't get it. You're already there. You need to know the science. <laughs> You've dude. made it to space.
3: <laughs> you're in space dude it's like me walking on stage being like I don't understand this
4: guitar I don't understand this guitar, <laughs> all, this guitar all this guitar stuff I don't understand <laughs> I don't it's just my job we
3: I went in back in a Mustang voice but whatever
4: listen thank you for writing in we love hearing from you guys it's metal up your podcast show at com. let's check out this inter- uh, <laughs> interstellar Howard let's Stern let's check out interview. this interstellar overdrive Howard Stern interview love it alright hey everyone Clinton Ethan here and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast
3: can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month.
4: Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert
3: tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and lunar satan demos invitations to exclusive zoom happy hours the ability to ask our guests like jay weinberg of slipknot lizzie hale and members of the metallica crew your very own questions
4: and eligibility for our metal tale series where you can be a guest on metal Up your podcast and tell us all about a notable metallica show you've been to
3: subscribe to patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content
4: thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love peace adios <laughs>
7: I can't talk about it anymore. it's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah new print. little yellow different.
4: So we're going to kind of jump in after they get Elton on the on the phone. So yeah. Elton zooms in. So I just wanted to give a kind of a brief synopsis before that happens. So first of all, they're not at HQ. They're in like a, a rehearsal studio in LA. Yeah. Kind of like an SIR. Right, right, name. right. And yeah. Miley was there with them. Um, and you know, Howard's like one of the greatest interviewers ever, he in is, my yeah. opinion. I so agree, yeah. it goes pretty well. He, he talks to Miley about how she's covered Nothing Else Matters uh, before The Blacklist she did it at Glastonbury and mm-hmm. Lars was there and they talk about how cool that is that it was kind of like a more organic relationship yeah. she was already covering it Lars happened to see it it was really powerful awesome I mean it's it might have even been one of the little seedlings of the idea you know yeah for this sure was maybe three years ago Um, and James talks about how he's heard Miley's covers previous covers of Black Dog and Zombie yeah because I, I guess the zombie cover made a little bit of a splash the, the cran- zombie cover was great she did it at the uh, Troubadour I believe in L.A the Cranberries cover. Um, so they already, you know, and we've actually talked about this when when it came out that that Miley was going to be involved in some kind of coverage thing. We did it on a tangent city. Yeah. We all, you know, we all were praising her. Sure. Um, maybe to the consternation of some of our listeners. Um, but I think the world's kind of finding out that she's a badass. You know, the, Chris, sure. Cor- the Chris Cornell gig they talk about too. Um, Miley talks about sort of being typecast by the Hannah Montana thing and that you know, she wants to be considered a credible artist and how basically getting validation from Metallica means a lot to her. Of course, yeah. Um because As it should <laughs> because, you know, imagine if me and you in our when we were super young in our careers, just for whatever reason, because we were young, got kind of caught up in maybe more of a pop thing. Yeah. And then people didn't know you made great reggae music or that I could write a metal album sure, or whatever. Yeah. And think about having a band like Metallica be like, No, it's super legit. I mean Yeah.
3: We back it. Can you
4: imagine that? I'm still waiting for James to text me about "Let It Burn." I got him. I got a birthday text from Metallica yesterday. For real, amazing. It was automated, and I'm sure.
3: No, it wasn't. That was from the of guys. Course, of course, it was. They finished the Stern interview. They're like, "Shit, guys, we got a text." Clint. And they
4: often just text as Metallica. They do. Yeah,
3: they have. A, they have a group phone. They text from.
4: Um, they talk about the Black album as a breakthrough album that, and and Howard even like talks about. He's like, you know, speaking of metallica partnering with someone like miley cyrus he's like you know even when you guys put out the black album 30 years ago some people consider that a betrayal yeah um which is interesting um lars is amazed after 40 years that the band is you know with miley cyrus who he calls one of the world's great pop stars elton john on zoom um and that they're all in the howard stone stern show uh and that they're all in the howard stern show talks about how amazing that is how humbled and grateful he is especially like after a pandemic year so cool which i think is cool man i mean you know a lot of bands 40 years in aren't still that relevant
3: no no they definitely aren't and 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 and, you know pandemic aside i mean still touring and selling out arenas and stadiums
4: well so let's dip into the interview it's really fascinating hearing elton's perspective on how he got roped into playing piano on miley's cover and uh we're just going to riff on it from there love it (laughs)
2: Yeah! And with us right now is just Elton John to say hello. This is really quite star-studded. Metallica, Miley Cyrus, and Elton John. Elton, are you there? Oh, uh, there am. he is. Look oh at you. Oh, hey. my God. <laughs> Hi, guys. They
3: didn't I'm know. You? Crazy.
2: Hello,
7: Elton. See you. How you doing? Hey.
2: Great. Elton, I'm no mind reader, you but I think what you're saying to yourself right now, if I'm correct, is, God, Howard looks younger and more youthful and uh, more, more wonderful. <laughs> just than like ever, me. I'm sure. Uh, hey, no, the miracle of gauze, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elton, talk to me about uh Metallica for a second. You you um for charity, you you are putting out a new album too. And this song that you did with Miley appears on both albums. It appears on Metallica's album, it appears on right. your new album. Um working with Miley and playing piano to a Metallica song, people would naturally think, "Oh, Elton John doesn't play a Metallica song." But this is this is kind of an Elton John song. It's
8: a beautiful A piano piece you do with this song well it that idea came from andrew watt who produced the track and played guitar on it and he said i want you to start the song and finish the song because i don't want it to start with the guitar because that's how the original record started um, and I just thought, OK. And I did it via Zoom in London uh, and he was in L.A. And it just, this is one of the best songs ever written to me. I mean, it's cool. just there it yeah, is. it's a song that never gets old. And playing on this track. I just couldn't wait because the chord structure, the melodies, the time ch- changes. It's got it's got drama written all over it. And uh, I just thought it was a great idea to start with piano. Um, and then we finished it. And that, as a result of that, Yo-Yo Ma appeared on the record. Because Can you imagine that, Hilton John so saying that I about song you wrote? I know. And at the end, of the, in the middle bit, Yo-Yo Ma should play cello. So it all built up. From Yo-Yo there. Ma.
0: Yeah.
8: I have to say, it, it was a no-brainer playing on this song. It's Metallica are probably, the, you know, the creme de la creme of those kind of bands. Of, uh, cream you of can't the really crop. Define them Not really. That's right. Cream of the Cream. Band. If we can translate band. for you. They're right <laughs> They've played with the San Francisco. I mean, they're a musical band. They're, their songs aren't just heavy metal, they're beautiful songs. And this is such a, a melodic song. It's just, it's fucking great, actually. It really is fucking great, and I love
2: the <laughs> collaboration between you and Miley, and this the way you 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 interpreted it through piano. Is that a difficult thing to do when you listen to a Metallica song, and because it's so heavy guitar riff, you know, it's guitar riffs and and guitar driven. Honey, please, is it a difficult thing for you to sit down and start playing that on the Sir piano, John, or do you immediately difficult. hear in your head? I know
8: how to. I know how <laughs> it's to. It's not hard
4: to go. Bing, 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 piece. bing, yeah. bing.
8: I think because the song is so melodic. Um. You know, it's a very beautiful song. If you just take all the guitars and just sing the song a cappella, it's a bit like Greensleeves. Um, it's a beautiful melody. So, you know, when you've got a beautiful melody to play to with all the rest going on, it's, um, it's a juxtaposition of musical instruments. And so I found it really easy. I mean, it's a kind of classical song. It's like a classical piece of music. Um, so I was, you know, I didn't find it difficult at all. I just had a ball. The what's edible. it like for you metallica
2: cool. to hear elton john say these things number one because i know you guys you know you, you, i'm probably in your wildest dreams you never re, you, you never would have thought elton john would be recording uh, a song of yours uh how did you come to get elton to do this and 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 uh what was it like when you first heard the track
0: well like i said uh andrew Watt, <laughs> yeah, seriously was a producer here in la uh that sort of initiated the project uh came up with the idea he included you know and rob played on it uh, with chad smith from the chili peppers they laid the foundation down i didn't know that by the way and i oh, was yeah. so much on communication drums. loop pretty cool. and he That's pretty texted pretty me mm-hmm. or called up one day and said what do you think of maybe getting Elton to play <laughs> the <laughs> intro and in the outro and put piano through the song?" was like uh, okay andrew who's gonna say That's no to like that yeah no, for real and no, we're within good within a day it, i got it something was, to say about uh, that you know <laughs> happening and it was just, holy shit, you know. I'm thinking, uh, thank you for your kind words, Elton. It's great to see you. Um, I'm just sitting here. We're celebrating our 40th anniversary this year. And um, if, if you could have said 40 years ago, when James and I started <laughs> down the 605 in fucking Norwalk, in a garage <laughs> down there without a pot to piss in, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out how to channel our favorite new wave of British heavy metal artists into something that was our own. If you could say 40 years later, that we would still be functioning that we would be sitting here one of the greatest stars in the world next to us with elton on a zoom and doing your radio show talking about the accomplishments and what this record means to so many people that would be the mindfuck of all mindfucks so in 81 you'd also it's said what is zoom? cool <laughs> and to sit here uh, i found myself talking about this record In the last week in a bunch of interviews finally and he went fast fast, again and it's I, i think maybe coming out of covid coming out of the last 18 months um you know resetting the way you think about your life about how you interact with the world what music how music uh makes such a difference in a dark 18 months like we've had it just it's a total reset of your priorities and your worldview and I'm just personally going through a period of humble and appreciation and gratefulness. And so to be able to hear uh, what you just said, Elton, sitting next to uh, James, who's been, We've been doing this for 40 years together. The reaction that I could feel in his body language when you said it was one of the greatest songs. Oh, ever that's written. so cool. I don't know how much mm-hmm. that means to you. And so uh, this is just incredible. You're saying he could years, even just so feel it you. in James. Yeah. I, 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 let, let me just everyone... say
8: about Miley. Can I just talk about Miley? Yeah, let's talk about
2: Miley. <laughs> well, let's I... <laughs> talk. First of all, Miley is, I say this about Miley Miley is a great singer, and Miley is a great rock and roller. And she's gone through a lot to prove to audiences that she can really rock with the best of them. I point. take great joy when I uh, look at Miley's videos. She really and rocks out. Read comments like, "Wow, Miley Cyrus rock. can really rock, man! She's got the chops." Blah 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 blah. It's um, it's uh, but it's been a rough road for her to prove herself
8: in a way, right? She had she, to. She doesn't have to. After uh, I mean, she did some stuff at the uh, whiskey. She did uh, "Zombie." Um, yes. and oh, I, it's I the whiskey. And I said.
3: Oh, the whiskey, Girl,
8: yeah. you know when this is all over, you've got to go out and get yourself a banner. Just fucking rock people's asses off because <laughs> when I heard her sing "Nothing Else Matters," I just couldn't believe it. That low voice that starts out, mm-hmm. and then it just astonishing her voice. And you know she's probably the best rock and roll singer out there without question yeah. mm. do, do they compliment uh, frustra- us too i know it's been frustrating her <laughs> that'd be great that'd be really David, nice but she's been itching to do this kind of shit for a long time and now she's going to highly and recommend
3: nothing else be nothing away, matters the way that clinton <coughs> and did. You,
0: yeah and also can i say it's pretty good uh, elton john at the chris cornell tribute Thanks. uh two three years ago where there was a lot of star power in that building one a-lister after another uh, and great just great you know uh, pool of musical talent. Miley stole the show uh, hands down. And that was the the talk of of the no. event afterwards. I mean, you, you tore so that much. shit up.
2: Thank yeah. You. What'd you well, do there, Miley? You say hello to heaven, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
9: And two drink yeah. minimum.
2: Seriously, guys, you would never oh, think God. that Elton John would sit there and talk about Metallica in such a way and that you guys, you know, we talked about this the last time. Metallica, you know, the I'm talking the early years, like the angry young men and um, and and really, I don't even think you would have been open to collaboration.
4: Yeah, I wonder either if either with they, Miley or Elton yeah. or anyone else. Definitely not with pop, like pop artists. This. No, and not then back you then. Get
2: to a mature Kill Bon Jovi. Place and you, you Kill go, Bon, oh bon Jovi. Exactly. That's great. Kind of meeting these musicians yeah, and mean, having he, this kind of he, acceptance
0: he's he's incredible he he does uh, remember back in the in the day we'd hear stories about Elton there were sightings of him at Tower Records up on Sunset and right. Elton would go shopping and go in and like grab Elton's like a vinyl freak was coming yeah. out that week I he remember hearing those stories being in California the stories I've heard is like keen interested open he has multiple homes because he's Elton John yeah. music, and, and he likes all of his favorite great, records uh, documentary
4: on he wants records, those in all of his homes like five, ten years ago. makes sense to and me I would do that whenever he's visiting like the late 70s yeah, 80s, dude, if i had ej like, money it's tuesday morning at, he basically you know, has like multiple whatever, duplicates of his in, record collection you know, yeah, John awesome.
0: buying eight records i need to convince my wife day. to and i want to i want a duplicate a, collection in, in a, the studio and in the living yeah, room. yeah, in, in room. in different his rooms <laughs> of, of music and his <laughs> peers of the same house. has given right. so much back to his community it's uh what a what an incredible inspiration it's, you know something for all of us to aspire to
2: let's talk about the song that Miley's going to do with you guys to honor the Black Album. We're talking about nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. I consider this one of the Horer greatest love songs of all time. We know from past conversations that uh, James, you said um, you didn't even want to present this song to the to the band because you thought it was too much. It, it was too much of a love song. You were kind of ashamed of it. You were embarrassed to show this kind of emotion on a record, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was one of those just very vulnerable places and you know that was the last thing especially late 80s you know we built this reputation of tough guy and you know we're made of stone you they can't built their city us, on rock blah, and roll blah, blah, they blah. really did and this is one of the most vulnerable things and obviously the i mean they've, they've been knee-deep the in the armor for a long time <laughs> that you put on is protecting a yet a you know, the tougher the armor, the bigger the heart you want to show, but you're afraid. I.E. Carrie King's. So I was up when Bob Rock and Lars. He need to let that head. heart show. That's really beautiful. That's an amazing song. And it really did, it was a life changing experience to be okay playing this for them and them accepting it. It was. It was life changing.
2: And when you when you sang it, too, you sang it with such heart. You didn't sing it with your usual gruff kind of thing. It was a different voice for you, right? It, it, it might have been difficult, I would imagine, to change it up like that.
1: It wasn't difficult Good because it felt mm-hmm. natural. That's what I wanted wow. to do on that song. So, I mean, just like, you know, Miley was talking about earlier. It's like, this is what I like doing. I hope the fans like it because this is me. And if you like the artist, you're going to like what I'm doing, I hope. Yeah, I mean, you guys can talk
2: about lead singers have it the roughest in a band in a way. I mean, I'm sure I I would even think the band would think that because the voice can give out at any time. Why did you go to a (laughs) canter? Uh, th- th- this was during up the first He went to Dan Cantor. Uh, and you felt what? Yeah. your voice Your voice needed more power, or you felt like you were losing your voice? I flew to Canada. Oh, so I had lost
1: my voice in the studio. We were like in the middle of, I, I mean, back then, I was a little clueless on how to care for myself and all of that, or even stand up for myself and say, uh, I'm done singing today. You know, I don't want to let the team down, but I lost my voice. Bob horse. Rock, the taskmaster. I remember yeah. doing "Go you know, sing It yourself. and the song "So What," <laughs> you know, just, which is just, you know, pretty rude punk, just screaming it. And um, yeah, it scared scared the hell out of me. It was the first time that I felt, uh oh, something's different, something's wrong. So I had to go. I went to a doctor, and then he suggested a vocal coach, and it just happened to be uh yeah a cantor who was in this area somewhere up in the hills and
3: the hills it was of Canada. very
1: helpful <laughs> i was super scared like oh great now i'm gonna start singing you know <laughs> opera or you know i'm gonna start doing bar mitzvahs or something <laughs> yeah you said
6: bar bar mitsvahs. Mitsvahs. Bar
2: mitzvahs. yeah
1: that was my bar mitzvah <laughs> Bro, do creeping death at one of those yeah <laughs> it helped right i mean oh, it got your voice back helped yeah, it 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 was again. He still does like the warm up tape to this day, right? Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. Totally. Things are gonna change, and it's gonna be terrible, or so he's gonna change me, and all of that. It's like, you know, it's all in my attitude, and he helped me, and so yeah, I'm 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 very grateful for that person. Sounds like that was but the OG song, Phil,
3: so the OG Phil, the first, Phil, no
2: matter the first how first zoning door, it couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trusting who we are, and nothing else matters. You were sitting on the phone to a woman that you were in love with, I assume. And you were far away from her. And does this, while you're talking to her. I can see
4: James like laying on a couch. It's like a therapy session. Is that, is that true? Like a leopard speedo.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember. My memory is so terrible, but I do remember being on a phone call and just sitting there with a guitar, which was kind of normal. And because it's all open tuning, it's E and then the bottom three strings just going back and forth. And all of a sudden, Hey, there's a, That sounds okay. There's a melody here. And then, you know, for me, guitar pieces or parts that I love are, they have a rhythm going in the background. And then there's a melody on top of it, you know, almost, you know, classical stuff. So it just happened. and. (laughs) then it just went from there it's not me it it came from somewhere else so grateful to be the that's
4: what writing the, songs feels like sometimes it yeah. came through for sure you know? yeah
2: but do you think kind of this crazy woman, too that you sing the song is it, is it, no. like that i mean Is it like that's huge not there anymore that no one ever that's used that anymore. intro not I'm the not melody part just
3: but it never happened before you literally don't put your fingers anywhere like part of my life
1: growing up it was the relationship you know there's been quite a few relationships uh that i've learned from and that was certainly one of them
2: when you wrote the words never opened myself this way life is ours we live it our way all these words i don't just say and nothing else matters in other words it was freaking you out <laughs> to be this in love that you were away uh, on the like, road is that and true this woman so much this has never like happened when you said you like you were never and nothing else matters
4: heart that way Mm-hmm. Is that like true? Right. Wow. Yeah. The more you, keep, and, the more you, you know, being
1: uh <laughs> <clears throat> model modeling after the seventies r- rock star uh, guidebook of what you're supposed to do on the road. You know, it was, it was a revolving bed, you know, and that was kind of what it was. And, and, so actually not really knowing what love was, you know, we, wanna know we weren't really exposed is. to it. Want you know, James to show family me. love and stuff like that. But uh, actually having someone that you cared about uh, was a scary thing. You know, it was almost unwelcomed. You know, oh, you get a girlfriend? How weak. You know, how weak is <laughs> yeah. that, you know. It's like, "Oh my god, I'm screwing up. I'm not doing the rock and roll right here, you know."
2: <laughs> well, man, but when I look at this song, I go, "Wow, what a position of strength to open your heart to someone like that and to sing about it." And to say, "Hey, I'm a vulnerable human being." It was a big that was, to me. That is one of the biggest leaps in terms of the songwriting on this it was album. One of that the we're biggest celebrating most today. It really ballsy moves was a that big The band deal ever for made you to say yeah. that. Like I'm, I'm a it's dude like Green who Day has a heart and I'm, and I have emotions, and I'm not. But they kind of did it on fade to Black* already. Metal guy, you know. It, yeah but the yeah. content be, of the that, song that, the, you know that's the definitely softness the, he sings we were kind of at a you know.
0: crossroads because we'd made four records that all right i guess you know songs faded black is about longer, suicide so it's cooler or something darker i think what matters is like the a love song we had done yeah. justice for all album and and we were 10 years into i mean we it's really we their we only we love song to do something different a bit of a reason unless you love being trapped under ice clearly up in berkeley that day i mean
4: Maybe Lowman's you know, lyric is a love love Some song?
0: Ideas and and James and I had just yeah, started, um, and then James. I can't really think on the my head. But uh, the very very rough sketch of this. I mean, I think uh, that's it. And I'd never heard probably. That I mean, all with my it, hands is a love song, but it's not about like a female love, song. right? Vulnerability and and that tender love of your hands, and then the lyric and most it was, love songs uh, don't within, end with kill, you know. kill, 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 so kill, kill. this is Usually, something I've been working on. But in general, it shouldn't be part of this. At record, least the ones I've it doesn't heard really fit. Right, who yeah. We are, and I instantly knew that this was. We had to embrace this. Because, are you trying to think of other love songs? It was. No, you know we had to. Show that there was more, I was just listening to Lars you know, to what we were doing, and it was the perfect time because we were at this reset and these crossroads, and it was time to to kind of just let people in and, and shed a little bit of that toughness that you were talking about. It, it, it I think we were afraid of of getting stuck in it.
2: Lars, we did were, you know the woman that James was writing this about?
0: Uh, yes.
3: But yeah, you got the memory, bro. Oh, oh, oh. Totally. Is she
2: super great, or, uh, or is James out of his mind?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're all out of our mind uh, at that yes, point. We're, yes. Uh, you're like, you're like, great song, but dude, you got to get away from her. Do you
0: feel? <laughs> uh, I'll,
2: I'll, let, I'll,
0: let, all, I'll let James run with this one. Lars did not want to touch we're that all one. In our yeah. stuff at yeah, that we point, were, you know, uh, we were. Does she
2: know that this is there a woman sitting there today saying, "Yeah, that song's about me"? Does she know it's about her?
1: I don't know. No, oh, you know this. Of course, <laughs> you know. No, this is no. This is. Uh, you mean the the woman I wrote it for? Yeah. Does she know you wrote it for her? I have no clue. I haven't really been in contact. No.
9: This is no. amazing because yeah. Lars
0: remembers her better than Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no, but i also but i also have a better memory than james uh, absolutely and he saw me clearly
1: right he saw me more clear than i saw myself right. so, um, well, well, kirk
0: kirk was
2: it up you you right, this is the there. only <laughs> song on the album that we celebrate today the black album this was the only song on the album that james took all of the lead uh guitar parts on uh, they no. did not allow you to play I, lead on this. Were you, are, 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 do you want to say something to James now about how <laughs> selfish he was? On this, uh, well,
7: I mean, you know, it's just, <laughs> when he first played that solo, I was just like, that's, that's like the perfect solo. I mean, you know, he just one day he just started playing the solo. I was just like, that's that he hit it just right on 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 the nose. <laughs> And I think I was still getting wow. over the shock of yeah. of James writing a love song to his girlfriend at that point. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's no, like, I'm, I'm just, not playing I'm, on that. Thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. Kurt ran <laughs> screaming in the other direction.
7: Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Well, I have to say that
1: you know, for Elton to me, he's the king of melody. I yeah. mean he he Elton's he, still sitting there listening. Melody into my I don't, heart. I don't, I don't I mean, know. Good question. I remember he's probably bored as shit. I, even if he long is, before I, I knew Black right like, Sabbath or any of the other stuff, <laughs> he's my playing tiny dancers. Yeah, <laughs> I remember picking up my tennis or a tennis racket and rocking out to uh Saturday Nights All Right, oh, fighting dude, great it's song. Like, Banana, ah, yeah. ah. It's like something, it's like he created melody in me. So, for him, for, for Elton to say, This is one of the most beautiful songs, and the melody is amazing. My heart is so full right now. He said it's, it's one of the greatest so, songs of all time. Dude. Uh, um, I hear everything you. Everything feels great right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am so glad. I, just, I am uh, so glad to hear you say it's a that hell of a compliment. Because yeah. as he's yeah.
2: saying it, I got emotional because I really do. Know, I, you know, and you know how I love your band, but I believe this is one of the best love songs ever written. You mentioned sobriety have you i don't know i don't know how close you guys are but have you ever talked to james about so this is after
4: miley had talked a little bit about had, sobriety i right. cut got really around drunk. that
2: no we didn't <laughs> 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 James, because I've talked to Miley about this. I think Miley's definition of sobriety is you can smoke a little weed and be sober. Now, everybody has a different line for sobriety. Only am I if right?
9: My mom blows it in my face. That's the only <laughs> time right. I
2: smoke weed. Keep it in the James, family. Yeah. Keep and, it and, in the family. James, as someone who's been sober a long time, is Miley right on this? Can you smoke weed and be sober? Uh, the truth. I
0: only
9: smoke uh, CBD. Only. don't I don't CBD. care. <laughs> cbd cbd abc whatever <laughs> don't ask me.
1: i don't know shit okay i really don't you definitely know, don't want to
9: be this face of sobriety yet.
1: i know what <laughs> works for me and what doesn't work for me well i'm still discovering what doesn't work for me uh still trying to find out what works for me actually i like that I've, answer I've that, that there's not all the fucked up stuff
9: <laughs> I like the What's answer the that it's all part? individual. How do I live? Well,
1: how do I do this for me? I don't know what works for you. I'm going to ask you, hey, what do you do when your head's in this place? Or blah, blah, blah. And I'm still learning. I'm teachable. Super teachable at 50. Where am I? I don't remember. 58. Kids <laughs> ask Lars how old he is. Are you 58? Right. I think
2: so. <laughs> wow. That's unbelievable. Now, when Miley recorded this song, for your for your album you know and, you were 57 i it's a, it's a think for charity we'll <laughs> get into all that but um
4: and before that you were miley
2: 56 and, it, you guys, and so on uh, crazy did, did, right you know, she did most of it with elton john i know robert you were on the track and everything but i don't miley you've never actually performed this track with metallica have you
9: no i think actually robert you were there cutting right before or right after i was doing vocals you were right. over at watts yeah
10: yeah um, andrew had asked me to play bass on it and uh and I thought it'd be an honor. Um, it, it, Alton came a little bit after, mm-hmm. and that was oh. really icing on the cake. Um,
1: it just kept getting better oh, and like more the layers. the the song, though. How'd yeah. you guys he, do that?
10: Andrew, uh, Andrew, pretty much. You know,
9: I recorded basically to a click track because yeah. they were like, we don't know who's going to be on this song. Right. Oh so I God. did this in my
4: Sounds like James studio. didn't even know. Yeah.
9: Um, and basically to pretty much a click track. Uh, explain and then, to
2: the and audience and then, what a click track is, Miley, well, what, because we don't basically,
9: understand. It was basically just time with no instrumentation. It's on a grid. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. so people and can no look, people can overdo. We got this, Miley. What? You know, usually he overpromises and <laughs> so does waiting for it. Ask us. Usually, to explain it. but he was saying, "Yo, Yo Ma's gonna be on it. Elton John's on it." I'm like, "This is not happening." Well, I'm just gonna do my part because <laughs> I told Lars personally that I would. Right. And I'm gonna know that I did my part, but none of this is happening. And I know Miley. we weren't really playing on it, so I didn't know what was going to happen. And then it, it just... One piece
0: kept coming together every single day. But, but with we that, also have to hang up. We also have to throw some love to Chad Smith. Yeah, Chad. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers who played the drums on it. I guess our invitation got lost on the mail. I know, always, it's weird. So they had to settle for and, uh, Chad Smith. As he gets Smith, older, he gets more and more useful. And, and I don't know how the fuck he is doing He played a lot doing, on but, Classic Hearts. But Robert and Chad... You, did you and Chad play together?
10: Actually, I played... Uh, I think I, I don't recall. Maybe I played just after him. But what the beauty of this thing was, we all um, we're pieced together, were feeding off of yeah. Miley's vocal, yeah. and that's what inspired us and and uh, kind of drove us into this this place, you know, with our instruments and channel that energy. So it was Miley's voice that inspired us to deliver that performance that you hear on that track. From myself to Chad, I think this is one of the best. No disrespect to the Chili Peppers, but Chad really stepped up. He he played this song like a badge of Dude, honor. don't you dare disrespect was, the Chili Peppers. I was there, peps. I yeah, saw for real. it, and it was a beautiful moment. And I think it's one of the best tracks he's ever recorded. Oh, wow. So with all I don't, that.
2: I, that's a but big I, Robert, statement. Robert, I don't mm-hmm. understand how, uh, and to Miley's credit, I don't understand, and James is used as a singer. How you sing to a click track, I mean, if it's just click, clock, click, clock, going back and forth, I mean, <laughs> and you're singing a clock, song, I would want to hear some guitars or
4: drums. in
9: the room, and Watt had an acoustic, and we gave whole notes, so just strumming each note before on the click track to diamonds. give me a pitch reference. We
4: call those diamonds.
9: But pretty much nothing. You know what they call those in New York? Uh, I have a video of it.
4: because What it they call diamonds? So I don't. Ridiculous. They call them footballs. Um, footballs. <laughs> because
9: this song... I mean, the for Robert to say that. But While really, we draw diamonds play, around
4: whole notes, they sometimes draw like we ovals. do it this way too with like our like football timing football. because okay.
9: especially as it kind of all it <laughs> it's not super structured because there's so much emotion to the song that as the song, it kind of falls apart in this nice way, which is kind of impossible to do to the click track because the point of a click track is for it to be the in perfect time. Um, and so to find that feeling of kind of the song, it, it needs to fall apart because of what the lyrics are. And um, that, that was a bit, I mean, it wasn't really challenging because I know the song so well because I've listened to it so many times. Well,
2: um, it, it you know, sounds incredibly bars, yeah. difficult. And, uh, and I, I want to tell you something. Based on what I'm hearing, I'm going to send all of you a giant penis statue. <laughs> because uh, you, you deserve it you really do that's a Thank callback
4: you. to a story elton told
9: 16 of them but i'll take <laughs> yeah. a seven ed sheeran gave him
4: I a giant penis for his birthday yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a amazing that a house, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: robert I'll did you hear the discussion one. before okay. you guys came on we asked who is the greatest bass <laughs> player of all time and of course you agree with me that it was jack bruce am i correct my
1: hell no Jack Bruce is amazing <laughs> Robert Trujillo he's by far he's no, say I'm Jocko, not of course.
2: Robert I'm talking about okay. in terms of the history of bass players that you know that you've been influenced by uh you know I, I, am I correct
10: why are well, you feeding Bruce, him? Let him tell you who it
2: is. Feeding him, feeding him <laughs> because I, because he
7: needs to agree with me. He needs
10: to. <laughs> I agree with you, Howard. I, I, I agree with yeah,
7: you yeah. too, Howard. I'm am a big Jack Bruce fan, so I of think course. he's definitely
10: but up. There. Robert,
0: who who would you put up there at the top?
10: Well, it, when you get into that mode there there I look at so many different players for so many different reasons. Paul McCartney, Obviously, James Jocko Jamerson, Jack Pastorius for yeah. great his edge and attitude as you know. Getty but Lee. Yeah. And you made us tell I'm about I'm not a huge jack you guy. a Pastorius. Yes. Yes. same. Yes. yes. But then yes. Gieser Butler, man. I Gieser I love Butler. Gieser. Oh yeah. Satchflow. Have love. him on that pedestal. Um Cliff Williams, he basically he notes and he feels everything Less is he's more, playing. Man. Yeah. So that's a tough question, you know. Uh, also, all right.
0: Remember, we're, to- we're talking about drummers. Remember, we're talking about uh, yeah. Neil Peart versus John Bonham. But I think you got to put Geddy Lee, who was the bass player in Rush. Right. He's up on the very top of that list also, isn't he?
10: Absolutely.
0: Geddy Lee. I used to play
10: uh, YYZ and Backyard Parties when I was in 11th grade, you know. <laughs> Down I
2: down was down always down. upset that I look like, like Getty Lee. Uh, it's not a great look, honestly.
3: Amazing.
2: <laughs> Never got a lot of girls. It's not a great look. That's true. I would imagine this is a big deal. Have you guys rehearsed this all together? Is this literally the uh, first time we, you're playing it? Barely. We've, uh, we've uh, stumbled They've through They've been rehearsing uh, it like the whole day before. With, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's with a lot of
0: heart. It's with a lot of heart.
2: Miley, are you nervous doing this with the band? It's a different
4: no.
9: feeling than nervous. No, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous to sit here cuz this show sometimes this especially this room, you so know, about what being I really on Howard Stern show yeah. in the room where we get yeah. to have this But you never know what that guy's going to ask you, man. Yeah, for real. How you were saying the vocal really like kind of fed the instrumentation. When you're in the room, mm. it feeds this whole conversation and so right. I just miss you, Howard, but I miss doing yes. songs in that way because Kind of like, like when, when you miss doing songs. When song you
4: did, and didn't do a song.
3: When you were just, when, we were,
9: when we were just having that conversation with Elton and listening to what James was having to say about writing. It's it like and when you're here, talking to the rocket, man.
3: He doesn't <laughs> understand the science. I'm still imagining um, Elton is just sitting on Zoom just watching the music,
9: him. The lyrics, He's like, are they
4: going to ask me any more questions? Elton yeah. loves
9: to be a session player. And you and I have had the conversation before that you kind of found your sound through covers, right? Absolutely, you guys yeah. covering... Yeah,
0: Metallica started as a cover band, too.
9: And so that's what resonates with me the most is because I have found myself through other artists like Metallica, Nothing Else Matters. You know, Angels Like You is a song I did with Watt, which is my pop rock version of a of a song like Nothing Else Matters. Um, so you take these little parts from you become this mosaic of artists that you love and that you respect. So I'm very excited. I don't love how much hype there's been around it beforehand. I'd rather sing Mm -hmm. it and know it goes well than say Miley fucking crushes it and then I botch it. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what
0: happens. But the good thing is that since it's your show, Howard, and since we're all just fairly comfortable, we've done your show, what, four or five times? And I agree with what Miley's saying. Being up uh, up on the 50th floor there in New York and, and having... Uh, you and Robin, right there with us, yeah. is, is such a great and inspiring uh, way to play. Um, yeah. But you know, the good thing is that if, I miss we, you too, Robin. if we fuck it up, then uh, we'll just do it again. Yeah. Right? There yeah. you go. Safety there metal.
3: you go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's celebrate Let's the Black Album. Come on. Let's celebrate this band. Let's celebrate Miley with the band and try it. And Miley, if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't try work it. out.
1: <laughs>
2: we've been we've been rehearsing, no, but I'm just saying, try it. Did
1: you say that?
2: There's no pressure. <laughs> You're here with friends. I mean, and, and it's, doing it's I millions of people. Great. Millions. I don't want <laughs> you to feel any pressure whatsoever in this performance. This is uh, we are we are all fans of you guys, uh, Miley. Thank you for doing this and uh, Metallica together, and we celebrate the Black Album. And this is one of the songs that Miley really enjoys. This is uh, nothing else matters and they're going to do their version of it We're together. We're
1: celebrating their album, and they're giving us a treat. That's, that's, that's right.
2: <laughs> I'm excited about this. Miley Cyrus with Metallica. Nothing else matters. Wow. Wow. What can I say? Quality-wise,
3: it's not great, let's but it's that, also like a radio be? broadcast.
2: Yeah, but- Man. Well, let's do an analysis here. How'd that <laughs> feel, Miley? I mean, what's it like to front that band?
9: Feels pretty fucking good. Today is a good I, day. I'm making music tonight in the studio, working on my next record, and I'm pretty excited about the flex that I'll have when someone right. tells me what to do, and I say "fuck you." I played with Metallica this morning. I'm doing whatever they, whatever <laughs> I want. I guarantee I, you didn't do that.
2: You uh, know, boy, boys, we can safely say Miley crushed it, right? And, and seeing no, James, I fucked up no with, doubt,
9: fuck yeah. I you, wish you, I would have done something else in the second verse, but it's fine.
2: What did you want to do? I, I next time, next time, what would you? What would you tour. have done in the second verse?
9: On the second verse, on the record, I do the octave above, which I wish I would have done. And usually I kind of was, but I was just laying down in the low stuff. So, you know, I would, I would do it again. But it's all good. Right. I say that every time I leave your show. Doll parts, I went through a million fucking times after I left. And what I'll oh, do differently kidding. the next time. We've never done it again.
1: Doll parts. Isn't Courtney that love? horrible? Uh, all <laughs> sure. performers, it's you guys know long, this Metallica.
2: Yeah, you guys know this in Metallica. You, whenever you do a performance, you always you, you, you do the uh, the, the post game wrap up, and you're like, "Oh shit, I should have done this. I should have done that." You can drive yourself crazy,
0: right? Yeah. We we kinda nowadays we used to like twenty, thirty years ago, we get back in the dressing room after the show and we would say, You fucked that up. You <laughs> fucked that up. No, you <laughs> fucked that up. No, you that was too fast. That was too slow. You know what we do now? We get back in the dressing room, we kinda go, Wasn't it really funny when we fucked that part up? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it hilarious when yeah. that went completely sideways? Yeah. And so now we celebrate.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey we Did so- you guys hear me screw that part yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did. Yeah, okay. you really so- play the wrong solo, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. wrong key. It's
0: like- now we just celebrate being alive and fucking being able to do this at any level, you know?
1: I got a tough enough time just being me. I don't need someone else, you know, helping putting me down, you know? <laughs> you do I, I need someone helping lift me up, you know? That's why we're you here. Did, That's right, man. You did Amen. Thank You're, you. It was exactly how it was supposed to be. To be. Cool. <laughs> and we'll do yeah, it a well. different way the next time.
9: Exactly. And that's well, what I loved about what you said about it's live. And so you get this performance.
2: I wonder if you guys will hang out some more. What do you think, Miley? Well, this is this. A, oh, yeah, you, you will be hanging with Metallica. And uh, I like the juxtaposition of the two of you guys up there singing together and the whole band behind you. I like the whole thing. It was just fantastic. I thank you thank for you. doing this. It thank was you so really much. great. It was good to see you. It was good seeing you, and I want to thank James for letting Kirk play on the song this
4: time. How nice is that? Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I, I want to. It thank sounds uh, like they're
4: about to wrap Howard up the whole the thing, and I'm looking at your so computer screen going, going, "There's a <laughs> lot." They're on. wrapping up. Miley. I right, was going right. to say, yeah. did
7: they have his guitar on? Did James let them? Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's pretty funny that they're honing <laughs> in on that. Miley, yeah, show. pretty awesome. I unplugged the here mainly for show. Miley, you'd be happy
2: to know I checked this the comments the on looks. social media. All my listeners oh, love uh, you. They hate me, however. you. You're fine. This is a great celebration of a great album, the uh, Black album, of course, uh, Metallica, 30 years. I want to talk some more about this. And uh, Miley, I want to thank you. I, I, are we losing you, Miley? Are you going away? Or are you?
9: I'm out of here. But I love you and thank you for having me. Thank you so much.
2: James, seeing you standing there while she sings the song is great. It was great stuff. It really was nice. She did it
1: better than I could have this morning. You know, it's it is nice to it's
4: tough to sing early in the morning. Yes,
1: actually view someone else singing the song.
4: You have to get up earlier yeah. than you would imagine oh, just to prepare I, I for it. Way I, earlier. I'm screwing yeah. up
1: the guitar parts now, but you know, I, <laughs> I had to leave hotels in New York for TV nice. shows at two nice forty-five in the morning. It sucks. It.
4: Yeah, the morning Were TV you is crazy. For her? Yeah.
3: You either try to go to bed at like 8 p.m. Um, or you just don't go so to stay sleep. Up, yeah. yeah, no. no. But then your whole the, the whole your day is fucked too. because you're, yeah. you're done by 8 a.m. She's usually. Got
1: something. You know, you believe that, that voice like of hers? Yeah. A sexual thing or anything? It's a. Right. It's like an aura. It's a confidence. It's a. But it's a real realness to her. That a real I, I realness. I super a, that's, that's more
4: than it's real. Also super fun You know, I spent a lot of my life having a fake realness
0: it's super yeah. fun for us yeah. to, uh, things have been better since it's been real different. the realness it's the a different real interpretation realness is the way to go than, than what James does so there's yeah. a different dynamic that happens musically and there's uh, peaks and valleys and all that and, and it's just like fun we it's ran a, it a couple times time? And uh, it's just super A metaphor, again, peaks, like to talk yes, about valleys, quiet. We have exactly been out of the house for the last and, year and a half. And, and we haven't a rock and roll band. Portal of and time. we haven't really done the anything The portal of time, so peaks, Just to kind of come valleys, back to LA again for the first time crevices, in for me almost two years. Crevices. cracks, Just rehearsal and all these great people that are in front of us here and sort of, you know, like, you know, uh, Blues Brothers style, getting the band back together again. Uh, it's just great. And then having Miley's energy... To come in and light up the room and singing like at she did a couple times stuff. yesterday and he really just is, fucking yeah. nailing it like she just I mean, did the, now I mean it's he's, he's such a, a, it's so he's a, spokesman. Is a spokesman with the spokesman with he's I mean, got it's a photographic a, it's memory
3: usually deep
2: voice for a woman right metallica's I mean, biggest to, fan to start out that said low, this a lot, and hit that least. that that kind of tone
0: yeah i mean she definitely has so much range and like you're saying she can start that low in the early verses and then go up to uh, those crazy registers at the end, but it's so such a dynamic deliverance uh, for me uh, back there on the drums, uh, just kind of being She's able to around play around those high notes and put you know, different accents. Well, you know, playing the drums, you see. I'll mean, <laughs> you <guys laughs> play, play i uh, She delivers it differently than James does, and so it's, it's fun um, for us. And, and, and then the great thing about this of record, with 53 of these songs is... That everybody's got a different take on any of these songs, and none of them are except Weezer <laughs> are, are the same. No shit, also yeah. none of them are, are anywhere near what we did with the record 30 years ago. So that's so fucking Weezer's cool. inner salmon cover is super boring. have a couple questions to you guys yeah.
2: about, um, about the whole Black Album. First of all, one of the things I read was that you guys said three of you were going through divorces at the same time while the album was being recorded, and that had an effect on the music. I think it, it now. Maybe I'm reading into this, but was it because you were free of your uh, relationship problems that it somehow freed you musically or makes you happier or were you
7: all sad? What the hell was going on with that? Well, for me, just being in the studio and working on the music was a great opportunity for me to be away from my screwed up situation at home. So it was like a, a refuge, you know working on this album, working on all the songs and whatnot, because I just didn't want to be at home. So That's I used it as yeah, a, it a, as a uh, kind of a, a safe place. Therapy. Absolutely. You know what's amazing? The That's stat happy.
2: on this album, the the, um, the original 2009 uh, video of Nothing Else Matters has over 1 billion views on YouTube. Over 1 billion 2009? people that. That blows my mind.
4: I guess that was when YouTube was and, and, one and of when the you video on YouTube. Like I see, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You sit there going, well, "Who the hell knows if anyone's even going to respond to this thing?" And, and and you you know what I mean? You're just like, "Who knows?" I don't know. It sounds good to me, but I don't know if 10 I don't And here we are, years later celebrating on and that 1 video, million right. Views and um, sold Pretty um, crazy.
0: Like, like I said before, just so Flip many potatoes. of these interviews we've been doing for this in the last week or two. How does it feel to have a legacy albums? How does it feel to have the biggest selling record of the last 20 years and, and all this other stuff? And I guess for me, like 30 years ago, it's like, oh, my God, this is all so crazy cool. Now it's all more kind of just uh, it's so real. I think it's, it's the right I mean, word. It is surreal. It, it just. I guess All stars. we cele- we celebrate like we circled earlier. We celebrate still being a band. We celebrate that we can be in the same room together. We celebrate <laughs> that we can still make music. We celebrate the next record and the next next record after that. And we we're such a, a hear first two more records. Always. At least. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything's about this moment in the future. And there's this weird paradox of sitting talking about you know, what did you do when you 30 years ago, when you walked into the studio to make this record, it's like, I'm more interested in walking into the studio next week to work on the next record. You know, so there's this weird juxtaposition okay, about all right. that stuff about the past. We hear you, Lars. It's fucking crazy to have a He's record sending us that's just, uh, he is. appreciated by so many people.
2: You know? Yeah, it really is. And and you're right. You don't want to get sucked into just thinking about the past and you want to think ahead. But what was the original title for the album was Married to Metal?
7: Uh, the Black Album? <laughs> that- that uh, was because three of us were getting divorced, and it was that was just a joke. Married oh, to was Metal was a joke because that would have been a. I think that would have you know
2: done in this great album if you called it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. That's uh, uh, so yeah, It Might have yeah. been a, been a disaster. <laughs> you know, um, it sounds I like a really wanted early 80s, to read these like, stats, uh, It sounds like a new heavy Metal guys. album title. Actually, actually, does yeah. Metallica, so. the biggest all-time Judas touring band with one point four billion in ticket sales over their career. Only other band that's bonded by blood. That's it. Right. Uh, you guys beat out everyone. The Black Album has sold over 30 million copies. Good. Jeez. Uh, uh, Black Album. Uh, I mean, th- there's all these stats on the thing. It's it's really crazy. You know, the guy who I, I got to ask you guys about this, and then maybe you can do another song from the album. But this guy who and I don't understand music, but you guys hired this guy to produce the Black Album all those years ago. This Bob, guy, what's his yeah. name? Bob Rock. <laughs> what's, Bob what's his name? name? That's yeah. his real name. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe way. it. <laughs> right. First of all, yeah, it's weird. Like, I was like, well, how did you find this guy, Bob Rock? Because you guys are so tight, I, letting anyone in. And and when a guy is named Bob Rock, you go, get this fucking guy out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, no, you know
0: we, what I mean? He, he, we, we had made. Three records with a, a wonderful um, with a wonderful engineer from Denmark named Fleming Rasmussen who, who wonderful engineer
4: mm. was great
0: at getting the sounds we wanted, executing our ideas. And, but there was not he wasn't really sort of producing us. He 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 sort of ran the board and did the technical stuff and and, and was great. But after four records, uh, it was time for us to do something different. And um, and like I said earlier, there was this kind of reset. And so we figured with some slower songs and and some simpler songs maybe we could also beef up the sound a little bit he had just made a great cult record uh, was it Sonic Temple uh, he Sonic had made Temple. the Motley Crue record Dr. Feelgood which had great sonics and we wanted just the band to sound bigger, bigger drums, bigger great bass, songs. and everything just sound bigger and and yeah. just hit harder. And I like so the so song Dr. Feel Do you meet yeah. with the guy? Do you, do you say, hey, we yeah, heard so some uh, of Kickstart my yard. We yeah. set up a meeting with him. Uh, James and I <laughs> from Vancouver. Tonight. He was part of the whole. Tonight. Remember in the late 80s, all those great records coming out of Vancouver, like Bon Jovi and Aerosmith. We were just talking about that with Paul. Yeah. yeah. To Vancouver and make records. The Little Mountain or whatever. The Vancouver studio, yeah. Little Mountain studio. Little Mountain. There you go. And so James and I flew up to Vancouver. Vancouver. We had a couple of uh, rough demos in our pocket. Uh, we met with him, hung, uh, played him a couple, two, three songs. Uh, the song that we're going to do for you in a little bit. Uh, remember, he called it, this is the cashmere of the 90s. 90s so yeah. He goes, oh my God, I can't believe Metallica is doing something like this. And his his whole thing was he felt that that we'd never captured what we were doing live on a record, that our records were, like I said, they were very sterile. They were very much about just execution and getting it perfect, but there was no... That's what I think of when I think of Master There was Puppets no vibe, there was no attitude, <laughs> there was no swagger. I think there he might have been referring to justice. And he yeah. said, I can do that for you. A uh, couple, three months later, uh, we were in pre-production down in San Francisco, and we were sitting in a room, kind of the one of like the things he always says. A couple, two, two three years. A couple, two, three years. Right there on a stool. So that's and what's, and since, halfway since through eight the years? first song. He goes, "Up, uh, <laughs> how about changing the chords in that chorus?" And I remember we all looked at each other, going. Excuse me? Like, who the fuck are you? Did somebody how, say something. Uh, how did you get in here? Uh, do you, how do you yeah. dare suggest that we change anything in any of our songs? We had That was so foreign did to Did you us. punch him, James? <laughs>
2: oh. No. Good for you. Oh. Uh,
1: wasn't worth it. Uh,
2: and yeah. so there,
0: there was a lot of uh, the first few months as we were getting to sort of know each other and as we were getting used to... Because in some way, I, I think you could argue, we were so we lived so much in our own world. We were so autonomous. And and Bob, even though we we wanted him to come help us, I think he also represented everything that we had resented over the years the the music business the 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 success the 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 man whatever all that he, he sort of represented whatever it was that was fueling us to be contrary for all those years so it definitely took a couple 3 4 months to get comfortable with that and then we'd sit there and do some takes uh, that was a great take again the 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 benchmark was not fucking up it's like oh we just did a take without fucking up but that didn't mean that it had soul or it had vibe or it had attitude or it, or it, you know so do it again well, it was like we just did it and then you know that was kind of with the drums with the guitar lead it's guitar. Kind of, cool with to hear. James kind of jason I mean, was, it was talking earlier about, about for the you, band listening to get right. james to sing in a different way so it was just a whole we spent a year on that record here in la and it was um it was a crazy, eye-opening experience. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, tumultuous times, but and when we walked out of that studio a year later, I didn't think we'd ever see this guy again. But we ended up becoming best friends in the next subsequent year or two, and we ended up working with him for another fifteen years.
2: This guy, Bob Rock, I would love to read a book by him because I think he's mm, an incredibly brave yeah. guy to deal with you guys because you're such a tight-knit band. And when I whenever I see videos of him working with you this guy's pretty ballsy like he'll stand up to james and james is pretty intimidating to me and uh he'll stand up to james and say you know no man you know we we're gonna put we're gonna put some we're gonna put some cello on here we're gonna add an orchestra on this album and and Jay and he called james dr no because james would say no <laughs> for this guy to for this guy to stand his ground howard
4: knows an awful lot and for say, a guy that goes what's guys, his name bob right better totally. than
2: this I can bring something out in you. He calls you Dr. No, uh, but what's his acquiesce. name? He didn't acquiesce. He didn't bend to you guys. He <laughs> actually stood <laughs> he, his ground. He worked with you for know, 15 years. What's his name? In retrospect, I think uh, he deserves a lot of the credit for doing that.
1: Absolutely. First man in, last man out. He was there uh, running the show, even even though we didn't He was Papa it. Bob. We didn't, like Papa Bob man. was saying earlier, we knew we needed to change, but we didn't want to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he was the guy that was helping us bridge uh into that uh well dr no to dr maybe (laughs) man you know (laughs) it's like okay let's try it
2: but james could you tell right away that this guy might be right because when you start to hear these tracks evolve all of a sudden they sound more
1: musical they sound fuller they sound richer um so true howard so true yeah yeah. Uh, i mean i remember being excited to bring my buddies in you gotta hear this you know wherever I may roam intro and blah, blah, blah. And they're standing there going, holy
0: shit, this is
1: amazing. And yeah. Yeah, I knew it was working. Yep.
0: Yeah, it was so much yeah. fun because um, at that time, the guys in Guns N' Roses were recording their Use Your Illusion albums. Uh, the boys in Skid Row were here. There were so many friends of ours. And, and you know, this was back before you had to worry about leaks or the internet stuff or piracy or any of that. So it just, you know... Let's go, you know, meet for a drink or whatever, then check out what we're working on today. And you could play it without to somebody in the something. car or whatever, without worrying about it showing up on some website the next day. You know, so there was a freedom and there was a, a great camaraderie between like all the bands and just hearing music and getting like james is saying fueled by other people responding to what you were doing as a working imagine walking down the street
2: you mean you don't and get afraid and that, slashed like, it in you, the car listening you listening to for, uh, you know yeah. Skid row or guns and roses oh, something to? unbelievable what that, that you're doing that they might go in the studio and sort of uh, like maybe not consciously but unconsciously sort of copy what you're doing you don't you
0: don't worry about that no I have, everybody was everybody was off doing their own thing everybody had their own sounds everybody was working with their own producers and had their own songs um we were just buddies that would meet up and get in trouble when we were done in the studio. I, you know, I, that I, was really it. It was back in the day where there was like a different club. You know, like on Sundays, you'd go to the Cat Club. Ricky Rackman was hosting. And then on Tuesday, Ricky Rackman. it was Bordello. Remember yeah, you'd, Bordello go to, yeah. So you'd go to different and you'd see all the same people. And and it was just like your friends. I remember, you know, like uh, when you were just saying that. So I remember when oh. Alice and Chains came into town mm. the first time. It's like... The first band out of Seattle, there's this new thing. This was even before Nirvana and Pearl Jam. You sort of heard about Soundgarden. Yeah, Art they and did
4: facelift in 90. And, and
0: all that greatness. But was it 90 or 89? The, the next band is coming they out. They came of out in 90. 90 yeah. town. Will you show them a good time? And then we'd meet like the Alice in Chains boys. And I remember like, playing pool with them the first couple of days. At a few CD bars. But it was very much... Uh, a community. Damn, that, how about that? It was just so much fun. Hanging out with them, It was just that. Show, that, show uh, them a good time. Uh, Jerry Cantrell. Much every night, so but cool. It, I think everybody kind of inspired each other. And, and, you know, everybody was... do. I I I mean, to answer your question from before, I mean, I don't think anybody felt that you know, all of a sudden Skid Row was gonna do something from the Black Album whatever everybody was already <laughs> well enough established meanwhile Dave Mustaine's town, writing Countdown to Extinction of, uh, right. camaraderie and and vibe and we were all just hanging out and end up in the same places every only night Owner wonder Mustaine was asked at to be a 11, part of uh, the Blacklist midnight it's like okay,
2: okay.
3: why is there I no buy scene buy like that I don't know I mean
10: <laughs> why is <laughs> there no scene there's,
4: only, there's, but, there's very few metal artists on it
5: we're in
10: London we're hanging out at I think they probably with uh, Sebastian right. Bach and Lars and I in in this room, there's a bunch of people of us. And Sebastian was so excited about what we were going to do with the next record. This would have been Death Magnetic period. And he's like, "Come on, Lars, man! I can't wait to hear this music." He grabs Lars's feet. He goes, "I want to hear some shit like fight fire with fire." Come on, Lars! And he's grabbing, <laughs> he's grabbing Lars's feet. He's like pulling on his pants, like double. You know, <laughs> it, he was basically trying to you know uh, mimic double kick. You know, drumming. Uh. With, the feet that he guy is
2: such, he's uh, a character. that guy is that's such pretty a funny. character yeah. he came on my show one time he walks in he pulls down his pants and he tied a knot in his penis <laughs> did, did, did you ever see him do that he tied a penis and yeah he walked in and tied his penis in a knot and i was like wow i never saw schlong so big it was like wow. crazy like what <laughs> a yeah, show a
0: bottle right yeah. uh, it was think, crazy. answer your question from Probably now trying to pivot. Because, um, yeah, anyway, you did answer your question. Each and, and, so uh, you know, on the chat, things, knowing where <laughs> all your friends are, whatever. I managed oh, to in, in my son's phone. It's like his 29 oh. friends, they have the exact locations of where everybody is. Back then, it was more about being under the radar. But I think because there was a different night every place, you knew on Sunday night that all your buddies were going to be at the cat club. You knew on Monday, everybody would have, you didn't have to sit and, you know, call everybody or look at a social media or whatever. That was just the hang for that particular night. Um, so it, it worked out well, but obviously, it's so what know, we call the good old different days.
2: different time. The good old man, days. Man, the social days. media, media the is ruining like everything. It, the social media has ruined the whole fucking everything i tell you the way you were describing it but l- let me just harp on this one more time because we're by the way in case you're just tuning in we're doing a special edition of the show we're celebrating with metallica amazing accomplishment 30 years we're gonna be talking for the next five of, hours. Uh, black album bands together what 40 how many years 40? 40? Uh, the
0: 40 40 40s anniversary of, geez, of this fall crazy
2: and and uh and there's so much to talk about but it, just, just let me just let me clear up a couple of things in my mind here the guy who produced the album, I read somewhere, The guy, uh, whatever he owned of the, in other words, when Dorf you guys make an album, Rourke. everybody owns a little What's chunk of the publishing name? or whatever. He sold his piece of the black oh, album. Yeah, Bob Rock sold to it. Me, yeah. Publishing that's right. surprising only in that if I owned a piece of the black album, which I mean, ka-ching, uh, in terms of publishing, um, uh, I would never do it because I would get a check every year that would just, you know, we would basically pay my entire nut every two so you, twice so to me w- th- th- isn't that surprising to you did you talk to bob about that why he sold his piece of the uh album well you
8: question. know i mm-hmm. you know
7: i talked a little a, a, a little uh, to bob about it and you know his whole thing is that uh, he, you know he's getting older and there's still things he wants to do and right. so that was his rationale there's still music he wants to make and you know stuff he wants to to accomplish in his life, and that helped him do it. Were you mm. guys? Mm. Power to him? Mm. Yeah, more power to him. Kind but a, on you what guys, scale? You
2: it's guys like, are in the business. No way he really wanted, to, a, he really uh, wanted to, go to go to Disney rock rock World. Yeah. Stuff, there's no, right? no way the publishing you know? <laughs> business. And <laughs> he wanted to go, and, to go to Six Flags over Georgia. Yeah, me. I'd love to hear a little about that. You guys actually buy up songs, right? And 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 have made a business of that. Am I correct? It's something that we're the, in the early stages of. Yes, yeah. It, what songs do you own? I mean, I wonder. What, d- d- does it matter? Like, would you buy "Yummy Yummy Yummy"? I got love in my tummy. Uh, you would. <laughs> you want to own yeah. it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, Kurt wants yeah. to own that one. Kurt wants to own uh, that. But is, is it only no, a I mean, certain type of? No, no, no. I mean, there's a there's a lot of great there's a lot of great artists. Obviously, there's a lot of great catalogs, and there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of songs that that have You know, just, I don't know, take somebody, uh, pick somebody. Like the Zombies, you know. You know the Zombies. We know the Zombies. Time of the Season. Great great They're just like continuously played on the radio and continuously I just
4: know really that one song, Time of the Season. felt a couple years ago
0: that we have such an awesome team and such a great group of uh, of managers and people around us. We have our own record company and and you know, worked so hard to kind of do is he rich infrastructure like me and, and it tell me and, to and kind kind of things that so we felt maybe great
4: like 60s they were a 60s to, band right yeah to
0: other artists and help uh, what song are you thinking we've about we've been schooled uh, by blank, blank on the name right now but I'm going to tell you in a second very, uh, um, he's looking it up and to really care about I'm um, and happens Oracle to uh, and, Care of Self 44 and at the same time Great then we song. feel that we can look all our fans okay. in the this eye. This record and go right here Audison Oracle we're is making awesome. Okay. is made okay. for the right reasons in terms of transparency and and for purity and so on. So we felt that we had a team that could help maybe um, uh, to sort of navigate these kind of paths for some from other artists and maybe even some older artists, you know, we when when we meet a lot of older artists uh, and we're obviously among them but we meet guys even a, a generation or two older than us for instance when we made that record with Lou Reed uh, 10 years ago every day we would hear the stories from Lou about named. how much he got fucked over by the business you know in the 60s mm. and the 70s all the artists were literally at the bottom of the food chain after the the managers, the, the, the promoters the t-shirt people the agents I mean the last people on the totem pole were the artists that throw them like a you know car once in a while and then you know they then they'd go away but they all just got <laughs> fucked and our friends in black sabbath have told us different uh, similar stories and you just hear so much it wasn't really until the 80s when the artists started kind of taking the power back and being a little more, uh, in that's what the song of, is about. The Machine. that's right. Yeah, and, and we figured if we can help make a difference at some level 80s bands with getting screwed by record labels screwed over, then uh, that's a good thing. And, a, and a way we to gotta contribute. take the power
7: back,
2: James. Do you think Bob Rock should have sold the rights to his portion of the Black Album to you, uh, to the band? Um, would, would that be something you would have been interested in?
1: That's a good question. I, I had no clue. That mm. he was doing that, and you know, he owns it. He could do what he wants with it, and right. Um, I'm sure he had lots of advice from people, but um, I don't know. It, I don't know if we would have bought it. <laughs> we want to buy Yummy Yummy, you know.
2: <laughs> no, no, listen, I, know. I could see Metallica presents Mambo <clears throat> Number Five.
8: It would be, uh, <laughs> it would be, it
1: would be unreal.
8: It That's really amazing. Was.
1: Happy, happy birthdays, probably
4: you know like, who owns happy one, birthday huh? Let's do I that think one. I've heard this Metallica's mind. Mind. Metallica's I think it's McCartney remastered black really? album box set is Paul McCartney owns record stores.
2: You can like most college fight songs which is be yeah. McCartney's it's company owns those Crazy. Who, uh, text- he started doing this like 10 years ago like, how is happy Weezer birthday
4: not public domain man. that seems crazy because someone wrote it and someone owned the publishing uh,
2: it's, cra- it's a great concept
4: why would it be public domain just the you age, like age guys. of it, maybe. Hey, you know who you guys. I don't know how old do, the song um, is. Probably uh, hundred years,
2: at least ten. <laughs> uh, Sad but true was. Um, I love these guys, the uh, Royal Blood, the two guys
0: who. They, it's yeah. a two. It's a two man band. Royal Blood's pretty drummer. sick. They're rad, yeah. yeah. The, the, the absolute coolest. When their first record came out five six years ago, my whole family <laughs> fell in love with that that record, and my oldest son. There was about five people in America who knew about royal blood, and my oldest son basically started a royal blood cover. Kind of like Lars so when he, he was a like kid. Yeah, of that <laughs> Just album. Just discovering. You think yeah. yeah. a lot of people the knew who fucking, with, fucking with diamonds of Painting like were? Right, <laughs> totally.
4: Crazy.
0: But you know, it's interesting. Uh, Lars you did heard, though. Have you yep. heard? Um, have you heard? Uh, Cassad but true is, is is the song we're gonna play. Um, what have I you? I feel like we're the on the cusp of that with Fender like a band like Bocasa and the Jason I, Isbell version of these. Like, song? I I tell people about Just, Bocasa that's all the time. A great you do? Example to me, the one yeah. I've someone's looking for some new music, about, and uh, heavy. Sort of the 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 diversity. I will tell people about Dave Matthews yeah. Band all the time. Is, do you have the same? Well, Fender they one there? I don't have that
2: here. I I was even thinking about the um the chris stapleton uh a version yes, of yeah. uh I heard nothing that else on the matters.
0: radio last night fucking great yeah yes this is really an
2: exciting kind of thing that's going on here that's chris
1: stapleton i like that
4: yeah. Tremolo guitar i think that's cool. boring personally, really? You know I think his version. It, it of gets You guys
2: cover Bob Seger's Turn the Page. He's doing the Chris Stableton thing. That's right. Which I, I think yeah, is boring. Right. Really? Yeah. I like him stuff.
0: Yeah. But it's interesting to hear how different that it's is fine. from what Miley just sang, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Mm. So mm. these two, these all these projects are coming out of Metallica and of course the Black album. What can we do to wind up, guys? What song are you going to do to uh just celebrate the album, the release of the album yeah, 30 we talked years about ago?
0: Yeah. Black, uh, black we talked about uh, Sap or uh sad
2: but true uh but true such a great song sad but true anything you want to say about this song before you perform it i know you've done it a bunch of times and it's just a great way it's to, remember, a the I you've to remember, the remember the album i've know you done it tens of times i feel well, like that remember you keep all hearing
3: all of the, the work, but like uh, this is turned down electric song. guitar in the background i bet you that's um,
2: james yeah.
1: anything comes like Lars like, was saying <clears> this was, was of one of the first riffs not nervously but kind of just this was amazing it's like really okay Oh, well, we didn't it know. Was, yeah, thanks for telling me. Okay, you know, but it speaks for itself. And tuning it down—just uh, this is a fun song to play. It's this is the "Do You Want Heavy" song. It's just, what is this what does that mean? One of our heavy songs. What does that
2: mean when you say <laughs> tuning it down? It was a big deal for you guys. You had never tuned down before. We're not. That's guitar actually players. not what true. They had mean? tuned down before. You're taking thing that the, Should uh, not be. That's right. Yeah, Master of Puppets, in 1986
7: tuning it down in pitch so it gets lower and heavier and and Mm. in in this song we tune down all the strings all six of the strings so it's lower and heavier in pitch yeah a
1: lot of the grunge bands were just doing a drop d where they'd take the top e and drop it down and uh, open
2: d Open D chord, in no, other words. They, no. That's well, what kinda, they would
1: do. Yeah, it was right. an easy way to play a, a, a riff. Um, we just took everything down. It's like, well, if one string's good, let's take them all down. <laughs> and that's what we did. <clears throat> Whose idea was that, to take all the strings down? Well uh probably the guy tuning our guitars
2: <laughs> oh really <laughs> probably
0: a mistake it was I mean, Zach,
2: no, probably
1: right? a great mistake
6: yeah. oh they mentioned I that mean, i'm not a That's guitar cool.
2: player but it seems like a pretty wild thing to do you've been playing the guitar a certain way and then everyone says well this let's drop all the strings down and play it
0: uh it is remember like, james yeah. when we were writing it was it was it written in that tuning or was it written in e and then we tuned it down great later? question yeah
1: a lot of that has to do with singing sometimes like I can't sing it that high so let's drop it down a little bit. And uh, and sometimes when you tune it too low it just low, sounds right. Like indeed. you have to actually yeah. sing
3: higher. If I play an e uh, it just sounds weird. Sounds weird for sure. It
1: kind of gets mathy but um it's all about feel. Yeah. And I'm sure we tried it straight regular tuning and then drop down and we said uh, you know we said the riff sounds better i'm than glad they riff. didn't do that That's with true and then be like let's do a whole it's, record it's, like uh, that you know they ended up doing the same anger test, right yeah pepsi sometimes drop tune and then they do it. everything like that yeah it sounds for sure better than that and they'll, the and they'll do the it live but you know what
0: sounds
4: better but i mean not do a whole record comes together in the studio
0: in standard d right yeah somebody's got an idea just try it this way and also with these
2: songs that you guys put together all those years ago, it was weird for you guys as a band to record them all in the same room together. This was the first time you had done that. That was the first time. Yeah, it
0: was. Always, I find that, uh, yeah, that kind of hard to James believe. Yeah. yeah. But that's what we were talking about earlier. Um, and, and, and I'm not exaggerating that point for fact.
4: Don't you dare. The objective. Better not.
0: So we wrote, we wrote songs, we wrote an album, and the objective in the recording studio was to execute... The, it was just to execute that in, in a, in a perfect way. There was no, we didn't care about mood or feel or what the vibe was, or, I mean, there was none of that, you know, we would just would start with a drum track and it was just James and I, and James was patient enough and I'd play, you know, and then, you know, halfway through the second chorus or whatever, it's like, that'd be a mistake. Then we'd go back and punch in at the beginning of the second chorus, and then we'd get to the end of the guitar solo, and then we'd punch in there. It was like, a, it was like, a, it was like sounds a, like factory work. It was like a practice. Yeah, yeah, but but, but yeah. As, as silly as that sounds, it it was really just a practical process. But there was nothing until we sat with Bob, who said, you know, faster, slower, make it you know swing make it swagger give it some soul that didn't have the right attitude we had never been exposed to any of that and it uh, just so opened our eyes <laughs> right. to a whole different way right. of doing
2: it it's crazy wow well let's celebrate the album with uh, this performance here's the boys of metallica uh playing live for you on a special show uh sad but true great song you still have it boys
4: we skipped the performance wow obviously. i just thought it's it was a short there, version man. of it <laughs> that, that, the magic yeah. is
2: there wow is that something the, uh, what, TikTok a edit. The what a great song what a great edit. album we're celebrating with metallica and that live performance was fantastic i, I it just the uh the, the, that lead guitar is just something else kirk when you fucking well on that thing it must it, kirk it's getting just, some love love it when do you know you're a professional musician kirk and i, I mean i don't mean any uh, <laughs> funny cash, i don't need chick. a funny answer like uh, i right. realized it yesterday uh, how do you when know I, when you're playing on a level that is good enough for a professional uh musician level a master
7: level how do you know when people get up and walk out of the room <laughs> because <laughs> they're jealous you're, you're moving no, that, mean, that means you're moving someone emotionally with your playing, whether it's good or bad. You know, that's, for me, that was when I, I felt like Great I was actually reaching a point where I was communicating well, shoot, master with my many times because I was driving my parents and my sister crazy all the time. And I was loving it. I was loving it. No, I, what I'm saying is you you practiced
2: and practiced <laughs> and practiced. Howard's like, no, that didn't really your make sense. Crazy. You start to play in bands in high school, yeah. I imagine, and try to find yeah. anybody who will play with you. But mm-hmm. there comes a time where you say to yourself, I'm good enough to make <laughs> a career like, out no. of this. Right? No, no, There's no. A moment, I, I don't accept maybe, that. It, yeah. it,
7: was there one <laughs> moment not real. where
2: you said, I think I can do this and make a living out of it?
7: Yes. And that was when I was able to put on a thin Lizzy album and play an entire song from beginning to end. Ah. And then, and then, like, it's like still not really day, answering. I went to this drummer's house and we played the exact same song, him and I, together. And it was the most amazing feeling, Howard. It was a total accomplishment. It felt like I, it, uh, the same feeling when you get when you learn how to ride a bike. You know, I can do this. Now I can do this. I've seen other people do it. Now I can do it. Yeah. What was the Thin Lizzy song? Uh, It was a song called Johnny off uh, uh, Johnny the Fox. And (laughs) And it it was an obscure Thin Lizzy song. (laughs) And you were able to stand there and like
2: without like looking at as are most music or, songs, or or, or, <laughs> right. or, or or fucking up. In other
7: words,
4: it's it fl- not it, it jailbreak or the boys back really yeah, the or song. whiskey in a jar. Well, I've heard it that up, one up, uh,
7: literally like fifty times that day. You know, once I I learned the song, it was just over and over again repetition because I loved it so much. You know, and I love the processes of playing. The beginning, all the way through to the end, and stopping, and then starting over again. Because I didn't have that within any sort of like songs. I could play parts of Jimi Hendrix songs, Allman Brothers, Led Zeppelin. But was that one Thin Lizzy song I could play from start to finish? And I've only been playing for about maybe a month or so, but I could play it right. Also, that was a big thing too. I played it correctly, and you know, it's it's you just know inside. I mean, it's like. It's like, for instance, you know, when did you know that you, you, would, you would become a DJ? When did you get that initial feeling? There's something, there's a spark inside. It's in your heart or it's in your mind or something. You just know, I can do this. It sounds like Seth Kirk would say to you while like you're both sitting on a surfboard waiting for Totally. Up, like Literally being laid out in front of you in that moment, you know, all the future possibilities.
2: So, young, some young kid, listen to this now. It's 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 not only about desire. It's about just it's it's about sheer will. It's about like I gotta yes. get this. I I can yes. make myself into a professional yes. musician.
7: And though most importantly, or equally as importantly, inspiration. You know, wanting to do it and and seeing yourself being creatively engaged and artistically engaged in what you're doing and seeing the potential of that. Uh, with with yourself in the future and that's yeah, a big thing but you know i really felt good the very first time i ever got paid i got mm-hmm. paid like 15
3: there, bucks. there we go
7: me and me and a bunch of guys played a house that's Atari when you're a professional and by we the got 60 dollars. that's a good feeling though the first
3: time you actually buckier. like make <laughs> money from like I, I remember yeah. playing a live that is mind
2: blowing, right the first time someone i, just, pays I played my guitar and i'm just giving some please. cash yeah i remember that too
7: really Let's
4: go to mcdonald's I, so easy now I'm quarter there. pounders on me tonight boy that's right
7: <laughs> <laughs> so i went out
0: bought some beer you know like all for that all young musicians probably I remember that time it. we were at the uh it was the end we've been out opening uh for aussie for about what five six months in america on the master puppets tour it was the first time we were out playing arenas we were i mean it was not possible to have a better time we're out there with Ozzy. uh we're getting into all corners of America, playing our music to 10, 15, 20,000 people every night. I mean, literally just fucking kids in a candy store. At the last show in, where was it, Virginia? So, you know, uh, our manager came out and we're sitting on the back line of our bus that we're all sleeping on, traveling on. And he said, um, when you get back from this tour, you'll all have enough money to buy a house. Remember that and we all sat and go, what, what? It was like yeah. we're, we're we're just out here doing this for the fun of it and right. we're a having such a great together. time, and then we also a get house a house together.
2: Like, fuck, You're like, like the crazy. Beatles. You'll also you'll have together. enough money to <laughs> have one house. One house, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was house. Like,
0: so so real. It's like, yeah. Fuck. You, we also get paid for this. Yeah. Uh, I I, that I remember was, like, that. So crazy.
7: Because Cliff Burton said something really funny afterwards. He said, Yeah, I'm going to buy a house and buy a gun that shoots knives and shoot it at the balls. <laughs> <laughs>
4: buy a gun that shoots wow. knives. Oh my gosh.
7: <laughs> a gun that shoots knives? Wow. <laughs> Never heard that. Why would that? you want that? <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Well, it's called a crossbow. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, well had a, <laughs> you know, Had a chaotic that, mind. That, that
4: was, good, yeah. night sure it, good night, Dark We yes. are a gun that shoots knives. Good night, Dark No one There's counted so many on James's.
2: You know, I read a story <laughs> about check. you guys when I was just thinking about doing this interview, and um, I read something crazy that you guys would smash up dressing rooms just because you, you felt like that's what you were supposed to do. You didn't realize that it would cost you money, but you had probably <laughs> worshipped a bunch of bands. Probably and, Van uh, Halen. They, uh, yeah. t-
0: tell Howard the Bill Graham story.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, this oh, is yeah. a story
4: about the promoter who basically sat him down yeah. <laughs> and was like, hey, man, TVs you need to grow out up. Of, yeah.
1: Uh, Of 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 hotels that was just all the stuff we read and like cream magazine or the stuff back in the day of you know led zeppelin and you know uh right getting away with with all kinds of chaos uh we felt that that was well that is what you're supposed to do on tour so it, it was uh I think probably more in the Jägermeister days. Uh, right. Um, me and a few buddies would get together, and you know, we would just be that. That stuff made us crazy, like really crazy. Um. Well, what do you yeah, mean? Great story, what great do you mean story
0: with uh, Bill Graham? Remember, Bill Graham was like the legendary promoter that yeah. took yeah. the Rolling Stones on. Through. I mean, he was the first. But this was like Day on the Green or something. Yeah, a- yeah. A- West, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the yeah. first. So he he basically ran San Francisco, it, obviously in the best of ways. And the first big show that not a mafia, play, uh, <laughs> we got to open for. We're, so the legendary shows back then, remember all those stadium gigs in the 70s that Aerosmith and Blue Oyster Cult and Leonard Skynyrd and everybody would show up on. So we got, they were called Day on the Green and they were an institution in San Francisco. They would have two or three of them every year. Kirk used to go to them. Uh, Cliff used to go to them. So we got invited to play our first Day on the Green in 1985. It was the Scorpions and darken and a whole bunch of bands and we hey, were hey. we were uh you know playing at 10 o'clock in the morning when they were opening the gates and people were coming in but i've been on we were having a great oh, time yeah. and we were uh, hanging out and 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 by the time the day was done we were all obviously completely ripped out of our minds and the dressing room got a got a beating took a beating and then you were summoned <laughs> a redecoration a, a redecoration and then james on monday morning was summoned to Bill Graham's office to uh, get the finger whack from from the legendary man himself, and um, it was yeah, it was, he was
1: uh, kind of like the Papa Bear, you know, trying to help all these bands, you know, really sixties, seventies hippie stuff, and. You know, it was all about love and helping people out, and we're in there smashing his dressing room up. And for some Would reason, you- this watermelon has to go through that little vent into the next <laughs> room. You know, yeah. it just has to. Okay, James, why? So why though? It. And but, I mean, look, we purposes. had no clue that you know, oh, there's a show the next day. These other bands have to use this trailer. It's like, uh oh. Um, yeah, I got I got the call into Bill's office, uh, and it was. It's like I'm not going to this, and management's like, "You, you need to. We need this guy. He's, 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 he's got a lot of pull, and we need him in the Bay Sellout Area this is where you guys live. You got to clean up this. That's mess. a little thing called um, business. Could you know, Bill get in
2: and, yes. James? W- could Bill get through to you, or were you such an angry young man that, like, even it's like, hey, fuck this guy, I'll go listen to him, but uh, I'm, you know, who gives a shit what he has to say? In other words, could anyone? Could anyone Howard says have in really other words, a lot. To you? He I does, yeah. You that he
4: alive. does for sure.
1: Well, obviously, management did by saying, yep. you know, hey, this is this is a mess. You got to clean up on your own. You're screwing the band up here. It's like, oh, okay, that that's important. That got to me. And um, but when I went in, he said, you know, who, who who do you think you are? You know, you could think you could do whatever you want. And he says, you know, I'll just tell my secretary to come in here and you know bark like a dog or whatever. You know, all this stuff. It's like, yeah that'd be funny. Let's do that. You know, it's like, no, why did you think, why did you think you were entitled to do that? Why do
2: you, seriously, why do you think like you, you, you know, at that point in your life, you said, fuck this, I can do whatever I want.
1: Yeah. I wasn't thinking of anybody else. It was me and the Jaeger and my buddies and this is what, We want to do, and this is how we celebrate life, (laughs) by smashing someone else's stuff,
2: you know? Do you ever shudder at night? I'm being serious. Like, what if you had, I don't know what it's like to physically pull a TV out of the wall and throw it out a window, but (laughs) do you ever, like, sit there and go, oh, my God, what if that TV had fallen on a human being and I killed them? My whole life. I might have ended up in prison,
1: and I never would have been in Metallica. Do you ever think, seriously, think about that? Every day. With pretty much every action I did back then, you know, whether it right. was, you know, hopping behind the wheel when you're intoxicated or, you know, trying to tackle a fire hydrant in the, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just all the
4: stupid stuff that we did. Tackle a fire yeah. hydrant. I'm super great. I'm, not, we f- we I'm not familiar st- with that one. drunk stuff. You haven't tried alive. that, bro? <laughs> <laughs> super fun. And yeah. We'll do it on to tour this fall. Okay, cool. Realized First time okay, for everything. There's
1: some things that are regrettable. I got to let them go. I can I clean all that stuff up. But at the end of the day, Bill Graham was certainly one of those guys that I respect because he took the time. He took mm-hmm. the time and effort to time say, Time after hey, time. Yeah. If you follow, uh, I'll catch you. You are cared about. I and, and, and Bill I seen, Graham. I've seen this. I've seen this happen. I've had this same talk with Keith Moon and Sid Vicious. I've had right. the same talk with those two guys. <laughs> and I think, uh, okay. Thanks. Bye. And I walk out and then I'm thinking, all right, I got to go back in. I'll walk back in. And I said, you know, I uh, thank you. You know, my dad has never had talks with me about this. Th- I had really no guidance. And right. Thank you. And I will. I will take this to heart and I will respect what you said and do my best. That shows a lot of character. next time yeah, it really does. we played in town, he had the he whole wrapped everything in plastic. <laughs> yeah, covered in visqueen, which is clear plastic. <laughs> right. I mean, everything. Right, and duct tape. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. The Bisqueen whole, all the walls. Tape. Uh, our guitars. I mean, the food. Uh, TVs, everything. It's a pretty good joke. Yeah, real good. (laughs) And then I got it. It's like, this guy's not only cool, but he's got a great sense of humor too. I think also, if
0: if I can just throw in, I I think when I think back to those early days, I mean, so much of our fuel came from being contrary and from being... Outsiders, know, outsiders. We were all outsiders. Yeah. We, <gasps> we didn't belong anywhere. The only thing we Can had hear was us each right other. Now? <laughs> and and there was <laughs> dear just God, a it's few me. Of us like minded, we. Hello, it's we, Elton John. I'm still waiting here for that. Ask me another question. Discipline, what if Elton John guys, just
4: crashed
3: in? Has anyone asked me a question about me, band, band. right? Or or something real so, was subtle? He was like
0: thing about.
4: Exactly, Lars. Fueling, I couldn't the agree more. Yeah, so like, oh my God, Elton, Sorry, Elton, we never hung up.
0: Contrary way, you know what I mean. Right. And so, the music business at that. Time He's just was, waiting for a question about when he wrote three-minute songs. That go tiny on dancers. His mind is still here. <laughs> and AOR, and, and you're supposed to look like this, and you're supposed to, you know, all that stuff, and every th- every fiber of Metallica's DNA for the first few years was to just give the middle finger to what it was supposed to be. And so we we just acted contrary to everything. If people said yeah. go left, we'd go right. If people said behave, then we didn't behave. If people said you know whatever, all of that fueled us, and that was the that was the scene that that we came gave out them of. Fuel, and then the crazy fire. thing happened. Gave uh, them that to which they Along desire. the years is that. As the music became kind of like get fuel making, and fire, uh, became it like available it to more and more and people up through the '80s. All of a sudden, it was like holy fuck! There's thousands and thousands, or tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of people out there like us, and that all of a sudden, by the time the Black Album showed up ten years later, kind of became the mainstream you know what yeah. I mean so well, in my mind in my mind when I think back to that you know the, the great thing is that the Black Album was our fifth album but when the Black Album finally came it wasn't so much Metallica moving to the mainstream it was the mainstream moving to Metallica I've said that exact thing yes, on this podcast yeah, yeah. same year and I agree with somebody it somebody sent me a, like a screenshot or a meme or whatever these things are called like a couple of weeks ago because they
3: still weren't doing the mainstream shit they were doing still doing their own shit uh, yeah.
0: Nevermind Nirvana's Nevermind uh, the Guns N' Roses "Use Your Illusion" albums, uh, the Pearl Jam album, the Ten. first Pearl Jam album, Ten. and Soundgarden's "Bad Motor Finger, and They all came blood, blood out within one magic. month of each other. Isn't wow. that crazy to think about? It is. And, and so, at yeah, that right. time, there was a whole there was a whole seismic shift happening in in the way that music was being to people. And I had Lion King song at the time. I'm still the, here. The, the MTV, Circle of Life, anyone? kind of going away. And all of a sudden, it's all enough the to year old kids make kings and vagabonds. And way more like who they were rather than, than these prepackaged, you know, record company created products. So it was a really interesting Shit, man, interesting Circle of Life, summer. that was a great song. And again, when I saw
7: life,
0: You know, Nirvana and all that coming out right at the same
4: time. It was a fucking... Tonight.
1: It was a, a crazy tonight. time. It
2: really was. Yeah, because what you're mentioning is every one of those bands, and especially Metallica, stuck to their guns. And I said this at the beginning when we were just starting this today. Honey, he did. I said, thank God you stuck to your guns. And, and you know, oh, honey, I'm really so musically and even image wise, believed in yourself enough not to bow to whatever the current thing was. Otherwise, this album that we're celebrating today never would have come about if you had kowtowed to the uh, the establishment who tell you, you how to at the make cow an palace. album more. That's right. What to it's sound nice to like it. and uh, let me do, let let us let, just say this: it's an amazing accomplishment. I'm glad I got to celebrate it with you guys. And um, I, I want to say that um, there's two projects going on for Metallica right now. One right, of the and
4: projects then, is, and I think he just does the obligatory promoting. Black album yes, box set, black list. There's lots to promote. Um what's going on? Some fun sauce in there for sure. Well, I mean, I love hearing Howard talk to my favorite bands cuz I love Howard I Stern so much. Now, he's beyond his heyday and I get it, you know. He's mm-hmm. He's mellowed out a lot. He has, he has, but he's but he still has a massive show. But I do love that he's willing to ask him about like, hey, Bob Rock sold his publishing. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I've do never you, I haven't heard them talk about that. Do you that. wish he sold it to you? you know, Exactly. Things like that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and, James, what do you think about he's that? He's like, like, I didn't know it was happening. Um, you know, he 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 brought up like with Miley Cyrus, who I guess is like California sober. He's like, have you and James ever talked about sobriety? And yeah. James, what do you think about being California sober? Is that really sobriety? I mean, those are like those aren't questions you're going to get on the Tonight Show. No, no, of course not. No. Uh, when I, I when love those questions when you're when fucking uh, Jimmy Fallon's giving you a nuggy on TV. You know? <laughs> right. no, those are great questions, and How- Howard is a good interviewer for
3: sure. Uh, yeah, I love the questions he asks. I love that Bill Graham story, dude. I know I've heard that story many times, and I mean I love that you know metallica didn't become the band and continue to be the band that's still backstage in the 50s like trash and shit like i've seen that stuff not on on a band this scale but like going on a thing like warp tour and seeing like veteran bands in their like mid 40s Mm -hmm. like going on a a younger band's bus and just destroying it it's like what the fuck is like are you trying to help them prove that what what, what are you doing yeah it's just so childish man
4: weird yeah i have i have you know, tried on the uh, trash the hotel room outfit. Never have when I was in my mid 20s. I was on a rock tour with and we were selling out clubs. We thought that everything was going to happen for us, right? It's pretty weird when you do 40 shows in a row and all the clubs are sold out. That was a pretty amazing feeling, sure. Of course, and uh, we were all young and we just thought I thought it was going to be the last band I was ever in, yeah. And we did that a few times. It felt it didn't feel great, and, and yeah. it's like it's like I see this with my daughter all the time. It's like you try stuff on to see what it feels like, mm-hmm. and I guess the unfortunate thing about the band you're talking about is, I guess it felt good to them for a while. For us, it didn't yeah. feel good to do it. I remember like throwing everything out of the room, like throwing it out the door, and it was over a balcony, like a motel, yeah. like a one. And we were like throwing the yellow, you know, the the yellow pages and the Bible that comes in the drawer and the coat hangers and.
3: I just feel bad. I have too much of a guilty conscience. I think, yeah. I, like, even if I was wanted to try it on and, and just me see how this feels like, like throwing something out of a window. I'm sure feels great, but when it's not your shit, and you know that some other dude or or, or someone's
4: gonna have to clean it up, or a
3: woman has to come in and clean it up, and it's just annoying.
4: I don't know. I just well, uh, I would feel too bad. And it. we weren't like famous. We were like staying five to a room. It was like <laughs> right. it was like our only hotel room. Damn it! Who threw the bed out the window? <laughs> exactly. We needed that. We needed that. Yeah. Um. That was a great interview, though. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, let's, listen, this has been a long episode. Let's let everyone get some rest. And uh, the things to remember are Lord of the Vampires is out. Go listen to it. Golden West, pre-save it. You can pre-order it. it comes out on October 1st. If you want the vinyl, the physical media, you can pre-order that on October 1st. Yep. Uh, if you want to come see me and Ethan play with Morgan Wade, those tickets are on sale. You can go to MorganWadeMusic.com to see where we're going to be. We're, we're doing a lot of major cities this fall. Um, the Night Between show, name the bargain. Magbar, September 25th. Magbar. 21 and up. 21 and up September 25th there's no cover charge or anything it's just a an official Metal Your Podcast party even right. though we won't be there anything else what else is going on we're giving away the box set giving away the box
3: set uh, uh, as far as as of last night there was only one person that uh, that entered and left a review for last month for the patch okay. contest I've only seen one address come in so if you were one of the few I think there's only like seven or eight people that yeah. did it email us your mailing address metalupyourpodcastshowgmail.com so I can send you some patches <sighs> and
4: having said all that let's get the hell out of here please alright peace adios (laughs) if you were our advisor
6: what would you say then I would say delete that